welcome to Elite Rugby Banter, the podcast about rugby. As you probably hear from my voice, I'm not Adam. Adam, despite being 53 years old, has drunk himself into a state where he's throwing up the next day in the afternoons. So he's not with us today. Uh, but joining me today from Cape Town is Alex. Hello, Alex. How are you? Hello, Ben. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm well, thanks. I've had a good weekend. Um, That's good. Yeah. Nothing too, nothing okay. too, too ask, exciting, but you know, nothing. Too, can't ask for too much more than that. Eh? Nothing to complain about. Yeah, no, just you know, at my age now, like I'm not expecting fireworks every weekend. <laughs> um, and also from Korea is Matt. Hello, Matt. What's How up? are you? I'm good. Not too bad. I've also been on a bender, much like Adam, because my two best friends had twins on Friday night. So I've been. Oh, congratulations! Quite, yeah, so Good. I've been quietly celebrating to myself. Yeah. Are they married to so, each other? Yeah, they they are married to each other. Oh, okay. Thankfully. So, so it's, are they in Korea? No, no, no. They're in Cape Town. Uh, so, okay. I've, so I've had to celebrate the occasion alone, and just pump uh-huh. like the like the guy from the military last night. In a in a show of individual brilliance, well done, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, well, I, um. Congratulations to Matt's two best friends, and lastly, we've brought in a we've brought in a super sub. We've brought in Phil, the the stats man. Phil, we we really enjoyed your and Ant's little statistical analysis, adding a uh, can I say an academic level to to the brand. You certainly can, and yeah. thank you very much. I appreciate your response. Yeah. Yeah, if if anyone listening, if you haven't listened to that, because obviously it didn't come out, it came out midweek last week. Give it a listen. They they break down the stats from the Springboks All Blacks over the last three times they played. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. I'm very impressed with your yeah. knowledge. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that they listened to an episode of the podcast. Exactly. Look, it's yeah. not, uh, I don't uh, to the, just because I'm the host. I don't inherit Adams. Like you can't bully me. Okay, <laughs> that's not how it works. I think you're about you to try. find that that is very much the way it works. <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> Well, and Ant's discredit and what slowed the momentum in the numbers for that small episode is Squidge re- released his episode on the same topic mm. on the same day. Squidge Rugby, future friend of the pod. We haven't, we haven't quite uh, made, our, made our advances yet, but when I, we do, us as Squidge will become very tight. I think I tagged him in the last episode or something, but I'm pretty sure he didn't listen. I'm sure he's tagged like everything rugby. Well, you can't yeah. because he's so thorough. He watches every game like six times or something. Like you know, like he's, he doesn't yeah. have time to listen to our podcast. He's pretty good on Twitter. Like he, he does actually like reply to a lot what, of people. What we should have done was just included. A, did you include a slur about Falau because he likes those? No. Yeah, no, you have to slip in there somewhere. You, you, you and Squidge must be great mates, man. <laughs> I reckon well, you guys need to do a video. There is actually some. There is actually some Falau news which I didn't write down. Oh, um, yeah. So, so just to just to move this along, like Adam would. Um, so today, pretty obviously, there's no there's no big rugby this week. So we're just going to go through the news. Then we're going to chat a bit about. The Curry Cup. No. Then we're going to start. Very exciting. 47 days till the World Cup, guys. Get pumped. Get pumped, because we're going to we're going to start our I World am. Cup previews. So we, when we're everyone do... listens so, to this, it's going to be 46 days. 
Yeah, oh, 46. Well, we don't, or maybe we don't, we don't know, we don't know like... that, Matt. Yeah, we don't know when people listen. We don't have that oh. kind of data. Yeah, we don't know when people... So, there, there definitely, when you're listening to this, there are going to be less than 47 days. I think we can we can cover our bases and say that. Yeah, yeah that's the maths. Phil, Phil, how's that maths? Is that checking out? Yep, yeah, that sounds can good. Can I get a number crunch on this? Cool. Can I get a number crunch, Phil? Your, your numbers are spot on. No crunching needed. Yeah. Ooh. Now I'm just going to segue myself and Leroy Jenkins into the second part of my introduction. Um, yeah, so then we, we're going to start our, our World Cup previews with South Africa, Scotland, Japan, and Samoa. The reason we've chosen those teams is because we don't know people from those places apart from South Africa, obviously. But for the rest of them, we are hoping to get some more sort of local input. So if you are listening from one of the other 16 teams playing in the World Cup, please please get, in hold of us, get hold of us and we can maybe bring some, either bring you onto the pod, get you to add some content to give it a bit more of a local flavor. Then we're just going to... I think we should most desperately look for a Welsh person because I don't think we're going to get any fair coverage otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, guys no, think Wales. <laughs> yeah, actually, do not, if you want, I'll just fuck off. I don't want your listen. I don't care. I don't want you. <laughs> yeah, Ben's going to resign from the podcast if you get a Welsh person on here. No, not yeah, on, I'm, at least. I'm, I'm, they, can send, they can just send us like an email. Like, hey, this is Welsh, Welsh rugby. We've got a guy, he's called Alwyn Jones, and that's about it. Of course, we, we've, all, we've all got a hymn book. I know what the Welsh are about. <laughs> Look, okay. just because you've recently become Catholic, don't assume we've all got hymn books. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. actually acting yeah, like I, I own a hymn book, like we would own a hymn book. Okay, yeah, so then uh, in celebration of Bustero's move to eighth bad, we're going to make a reverse team where the backs play forwards and the forwards play backs. Um, you know, getting back to our roots with a nice novelty mm-hmm. XV, and then we'll just, you know, Super Brew Blame Game, all of that jazz. Cool. Are we happy um, with that, guys? Yeah, just Anything remind else? me, which, which team am I previewing again? Because I, I haven't prepped this. Uh, Scotland. Okay, cool. Can I go towards the end, then? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Scotland Okay, now uh, let's start with our preview of Scotland. Alex, <laughs> Okay, so you guys all know Josh, Josh Strauss and his beard, right? Because I could go for, I could go for like 20 minutes on that. I thought Josh Strauss got... I think Josh Strauss got like... Uh, he didn't make the World Cup squad. Yeah, because he's on his way back to Pretoria, surely. You guys are taking the wind out of my sense. Like... Um, okay. Um, so, f- first bit of news. Uh, qu- quite a funny one, really. Um... An, an, uh, an Irish fan got hit by a rugby ball in in New Zealand versus Ireland in Dublin last year, and now she is suing the Irish um, rugby island, I guess, in the stadium. Yeah, so that's yeah. quite a quite a turn up. They, they do say there is some precedent of people being hit by golf balls and successfully mm. suing. And but this is going to be the first one in a large ball sport. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? What, what's your what's your legal well, opinion on this? Well, I know, yeah, like I'm going to say, baseball's had a lot of problems with this very recently as well. Like, all the stadiums have put up fences from sort of in that diamond shape where the crowd sits across from home plate to first base and sort of every six months there's a new court case and they've had to raise the height of the fences. 
I think, yeah, there's a girl now who had like a brain bleed and like a skull fracture from getting hit by a ball like a year ago. And she's, wow. her case is being finalized. That's quite heavy. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's like a real thing like in baseball. Mm. But I mean, there's the, just because there's extensive damage resulting from something doesn't mean that it's like legally actionable, right? Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, so the she got nailed, and so like I say, teams have been putting up fences and that. So mm-hmm. the ones, so she got nailed by by a team that hadn't put up a fence. Okay. So the now obviously yeah. reasonable person, everyone else is doing this. Why aren't you? Yeah, in the reason so you would do this too. Case. Yeah. So she's sort of nailing him on negligence. I know the diff because yeah, in the article they do mention. So the difference between. The golf balls and the baseballs is they try and cricket as well, but I don't think we'd see that as often because cricket it's far away. So the yeah, the reaction time from okay. because it's it's yeah baseball it's always a foul ball so it just ricochets off. It's not like a proper yeah. home run. So it's something that just shoots off the side. Golf obviously as well that ball travels at such a speed and that that there's no real reaction time in those two situations. Whereas with the rugby balls and the soccer balls. I think one or two people tried it for soccer as well. And okay. they, yeah. there's sort of an expected reaction time to that as well. So you'd be able to react to the ball coming into the stadium a bit better. Yeah, it's good. Because obviously she wasn't she wasn't watching the game. So to be honest, maybe she had it coming actually. Maybe she was. She's got very slow reflexes. No! I think like... Talking. She'd been talking so much shit that the guy behind her just grabbed her head and held it perfectly still. <laughs> in, in his mitt. In his catching yeah, just, like, stopped, just stopped her from moving. Just held her in place. <laughs> Maybe this is why the... Who had the thing if you catch a ball you win a bag of sausages or a pie or yes, something? That was exciting. Yeah, catch a ball with a sausage. Maybe that was just so the, the crowd stayed. Uh, the crowd was alert for errant balls to prevent law uh, to prevent lawsuits. They worked it out. The the cost of sausages is cheaper than the cost of litigation. Fire slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'll, be in, I'll be interested to see what happens. I mean. Yeah, yeah like, it, will, it will set quite a funny precedent, and it could end up yeah. them having to build unnecessary fences and stuff just to. Yeah, but like the fences would be. Ridiculous, because the height you'd have to yeah. be from yeah, like how, a non standpoint. I hate it. Like it's just surely it's the spect in a in a game like rugby. Surely it's the spectators' like prerogative to not get hit by a ball. Well, yeah, yeah I, mean, yeah, so I, I guess I'll, you I'll, could I'll, argue that it's your prerogative not to watch the game if you don't want to, right? But I think that this, yeah, is, well, a good, exactly. this is a good way of of uh, applying a bit of quality control to the crowds. Because if you get hit yeah, by, yeah, if, yeah, if you get hit in the face by a rugby ball hard enough to get injured, then you probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. Um, who drilled yeah, the ball? Uh, who drilled the ball into the stands? By the well, way, well, th- this is the thing because uh, it was the article was in New Zealand Herald, and they're like they don't know if uh, it was kicked by a, the New Zealand team or the the Irish team. So <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think no, 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 no. I think they they're being intentionally vague. Yeah, that's a that's a legal argument. Because it was most probably then New Zealand, and then there's most probably different standards in that. Because why the fuck are New Zealand liable for NZRU liable then for IRU's stadiums and their standards and that? So they no, make no, you, you can't, you, you can't, you, 
You can't blame the person who kicked it. Come on, like. No, no, you can't blame the person who kicked it, but you're gonna bl- place fault on the union. You're gonna, you obviously would have the employer as you know the employer as sort of liable through the chain and all that because that's where. Yeah, I'm at. Yeah, like it was vicarious but liability. That, sort of. Yeah, so that you obviously can't hold New Zealand liable because well they're foreign, and two they've got no say over what. Island does in their stadiums. They just arrive. Yeah. yeah so yeah. anyway, I, I don't. I don't know if we will actually find out what happens here, but it will set quite a funny little precedent, I think. Cool. Um, I think the next stupid. one. Yeah, it is a bit stupid, but you know, whatever. Um, the next one was the the whole Peter de Villiers saga. I'm oh, sure. Sorry, we, this this kind of classic classic big news story broke on Monday, so we just. We just missed it. <laughs> but um, basically, you know, if you, you know, not from South Africa, Peter de Villiers applied for the coaching job at the Kings. He made the short list of candidates, which was, uh, which was announced, at which point they publicly said they've excluded him from the, from the process because he no. does not have a level three coaching certificate. No, no, their statement didn't say they excluded him for the level three coaching certificate. They just said that only one of the applicants had that they could verify had that their official statement said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out he did actually have the level three coaching certificate, but he didn't list it on his CV. So it wasn't like admissible. It's like a fucking court case. It's like basically, and then there was a whole, and then there was an affidavit where he like vouched that he, yeah. That he did have a level three coaching certificate. So yeah, feels, but then basically what? Weird, eh? Yeah, basically what the kings have done now is they said, okay, the process has been has it's been possible. tainted, and now Ro- Robbie Kempson, who was not one of the candidates, is going to coach uh, act as an interim coach for yeah, I presume their first. He was. Yeah. He is assistant coach, and he is essentially acting as head coach now during preseason anyway. So. They essentially were looking for someone to just take over from him just before the season started. So it just seems so yeah, at least, it doesn't seem like they tried very hard to get And he to still get commentates right. on Curry Cup games. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's like in a dual yeah. he's doing all kinds of things. So so then they should have just they should have just picked Steve Jackson, who apparently was the only one with the level three certificate. You know, because he could have then coached and Invented game. Yeah, but, but then apparently he couldn't join them till like after, after the, the Pro 14 had started. So it was just, a, Cup, yeah. yeah, it was it just it just wasn't it wasn't ideal in any in any kind of capacity yeah. really. Yeah, yeah but know, do we have anything else to say on this? No, it just I just think I don't know, like it just it's such a cla- really it's such weird. a classic shit show. Yeah, it's such but a shit show. And like, but it doesn't seem. I'd love it to seems, know who. It seems just like no one's me. no one seems to be acting in good faith. That's that's the feeling I'm getting. Like, I don't Whoever know if if like those guys really wanted him to begin with. Okay. That's, I'm curious who acts who leaked this story because that fucks because that leak of you know by the way these people are missing level three certificates and all that. Yeah. That that story is the most sort of least good faith move out of this whole interaction. Basically, do, 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 do you know? Do you know? What I saw when the story broke. I was like, oh, let me let me kind of check this out. So I was like, oh, 
uh, level three certificate, like what's it about? And then I saw something, apply for your level four certificate. And I was like, wait, there's another level. level. Yeah, I think it stopped. I don't know if there is because it was only on like the Scottish rugby thing where they offered oh, yeah, the level four get, thing. Yeah, because you get level three in Wales. You've got to go to like P. Diff said he got his in Wales or whatever as part of his part of his affidavit and all that. Mm. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, but anyway, like it seems a bit. Okay. Yeah, I don't. It, it taints the brand as well because this was really the first. Big yes, kind yeah. of action the Kings were, t- unless you count signing Kachukilas or whatever. Because this was sort of their first. Yeah, they but were, yeah. They were, they were yep. going down the right path. Like they, and the fact that they had, a nice panel, squad. they had a panel put together to like find a coach, it seemed like they were finally going to get their feet on the ground and just you know start building from step one again. And then they just think... get in their own way. Like it just seems like there's there's a lot. I don't think that this is incompetence, by the way. This is like, there's something fucked up going on at this union. Yeah, there's... And there are people who are this, this process deliberately. Yeah, the, 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 this, reeks this, of, this reeks of, like, boardroom politics to me, eh? Exactly. Because this also started with that with that dude who accused everyone of being racist when it announced... Uh, the guy in, in the Kings, who accused everyone of being racist over social media because they appointed Mallet onto mm. the committee, and he then had to resign from the committee as well after that. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Well, hopefully, hopefully the hopefully the Kings kind of get back on the right track, and um, you know, because like, I'm I'm looking forward to the Kings becoming. I don't know if you've got this in the news. The Kings becoming, becoming an IRB ranked club at some point. Yeah, I I, I do, I do. It was my next. It was my next. uh, My next follow up. Well, Ah. thanks for the 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 segue. Speaking of the Kings and IRB. Um, the Kings, as part of, um, I guess the, it's more like a, as part of Namibia and Georgia's warm-up routine, they are going to be playing the Kings. So, the, uh, Georgia's going to play them once, and Namibia's going to play them twice. And, yeah. and as, Matt, as Matt says, he wanted Ant to give him a number crunch on how many uh, ILB world ranking points this would give the Kings if they managed to beat one of these sides. It's like, they so, would obviously land on the list somewhere. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, but like not officially, no, guess, not officially, not officially. Yeah, but you could you could find a kind of find their theoretical place on the list, I guess. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, it is quite it's quite cool that they've managed to kind of put this together. It reminds me a bit of I don't know if you remember when the Lions got relegated from Super Rugby, and then they did that Lions. What was it called? Like the Lions, Lions Challenge or something. Challenge. Yeah. And they played and they, like they Russia, like, just like a. I think they, did they play USA as well? I think. They played like a US invitational team, or I don't know, maybe it didn't materialize at the end, but it is quite cool. Like, it's good that they're kind of putting themselves out there, but it's part of the new part of the new brand, I guess. So. I love, I love yeah. the story, the story behind the Georgia game as well, because like Russia had pulled out of a warm up game with Georgia, so the Georgian, Georgian head of rugby just phoned the guy at the Kings, like, hey, are you guys busy on this date? No, not really. Why? Oh well, do you want to come play a game in Georgia? <laughs> are they playing in whatever it's called? What's yeah. where do they play in Georgia? T- Tbilisi. Tbilisi, yeah. Tbilisi, yeah. So they play. So the Kings have to fork out airline tickets to Tbilisi, but yeah, should be fun. No, I think I, I watched a, one. Of, it was like a rugby like magazine show, and they love their rugby in Georgia, eh? Hey? 
Like, I reckon that'll be stupid. Yeah. I think they're, they're like, there are worse places to tour, for sure. Like, yeah. It's, it's quite a vibe. Like, Georgia's one of the few countries where rugby's the national sport. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're so passionate. Yeah, they, well, they've had the, the uh, like, Junior World Cup there quite a few times, I think. More than once, at yeah. least. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah like, it's, even... It's always a crowd. Like, I mean, half the, if you look at the World Cup, not even half the teams, I think, you could argue, have rugby as their national sport. Yeah. Oh, it's only, yeah, uh, yeah. only I would say, New Zealand, yeah. it's probably Fiji. the most popular sport. Thing. No, but that's the thing, it's not popular sport, it's national, so it's like your official national sport. So like, do, do, you know, do, you know like national, do you know what the national sport of South Africa is? So it's probably like curling or something stupid. No, Yuxke. Is it Yuxke, yeah. <laughs> What is Yuxke? Someone, Tell us. Someone man. obviously thought that was a funny it's joke. Like, it's like, it's sort of like, it's like horseshoe toss kind of effort. Like, you know, you're trying to throw like a ring around a pole. Or, I've never played no, it. No, like Yuxke is the one with the skittles, where you throw the skittles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how's yeah, this a national sport? Like, and, like, don't even fucking know about yo, how's this? But yeah, I'm not lumping well, I'm I'm myself in with this. I'm not South African, so I'm not expected to know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm slowly, um, I'm slowly becoming Mauritius. Yeah, so, so it's, Alex, it's, what's the national sport of Namibia? Uh, it's football. <laughs> the Brave Warriors. I actually want to see. I, I, I hope it's the X game too. <laughs> but I mean, no, it's just a throwback from occupation. But I mean, because it is, we just need to clarify because there's also the Yuxke River, right, that separates yeah. uh, Joburg and Pretoria. Yeah, so Adam's yeah. home from Adam's heart. Yeah, so for for Adam's people, they're north of the Yuxke, and and then they they cross over the Yuxke for the Yuxke Derby when they play the Lions in 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 Joburg, and that's Adam's mortal enemy. Um, yeah, so okay, I'm going to so read from from Wikipedia quickly. Uh, the basic rules. The object of the game is to knock over a peg that is planted in a sand pit over a distance of between 11 and 16 meters. That's pretty far. Uh, it depends remember... on the size of the peg. No, the peg's uh, small. It's not a I big mean, like, peg. It's still it's like... pretty thin. Like, it's already about half. No, but it, it's quite small. It's quite small. It's like maybe it sticks out of the ground like 30 meters, 30 centimeters maybe. So. Um, yeah. So it's what, what, what do they throw? What, what do uh, they, they throw? They throw like skittle, skittles, uh, not like the sweets, but um, it was like throwing. That would be really hard. <laughs> like even if even if you hit it, you just gotta like. What a waste of skittles! Hit it like a hundred times with a skittle before you. Even <laughs> yeah, you gotta have massive you know? velocity. Yeah. I don't know. It could uh, be worse, guys. Our, our national, South African national sport could have been scopty block. So it, it could be worse. <laughs> So, just while we're on it, um, there are only three countries which rugby is, or four countries which rugby is the national sport. So, it's New Zealand, Georgia, can you guess the other? So, one of them's Namibia, can you guess the other one? Rugby is a national sport in Namibia. Yeah, get so it has three. Yeah. It has three. It's football, netball, and rugby. Good um, luck. Oh, Good luck. So yeah, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Good fucking luck. We've been we spent our whole lives playing rugby. You guys are you guys are getting for a world of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> There's one other country where players uh, are going to regret not making our national. Yeah, okay, so we said Fiji, uh, New Zealand, Georgia. Oh wait, do we say Fiji? It, no, Fiji's not on the list. Oh, wow. Okay, that's just because they're not on the list. Like everyone knows it is. Oh, maybe Italy like or something stupid like no, Cook, Cook Islands. Oh wait, uh, so Madagascar are there too? Rugby is also uh, national sport of Madagascar. 
Oh, um, and that's good because I, I I watch Madagascar tear apart Mauritius at sevens, and now I don't yeah. feel as bad. Like when I won't win South Africa, some <laughs> South Africa. Could it maybe um, but be the other country? Kenya, like maybe at Kenya the World Cup. A... Oh, is it at the no, World Cup? No, at the World Cup. Okay. Um... Not Samoa. It's much. It's not a Pacific island, I'm assuming. It's, uh, it, let's say it's another European country. You have to guess. It is oh, European. then it's Uruguay. Wales? It is Wales, your favourite, Ben. Uh, Rugby Union. Oh. Fuck, imagine <laughs> Wales has just declared their national sport is Rugby League. Ben, have you, have, you suddenly, <laughs> have, have you suddenly lost interest in rugby as a whole sport? Yeah, so I, can't Wales, I can't believe it's Wales rugby. just ruined rugby for me. Welcome to Elite Yutsuke Banter, the podcast <laughs> about Yutsuke. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, oh sorry, we, we, we lost the we lost the plot a bit. Uh, speaking of losing the plot, uh, yes. New Zealand rugby think Brody Retallick is going to be okay for the World Cup when um, they uh, we just saw an article where Talani Sue. The chief's, the chief's eighth man picked up a similar injury about three months ago, and he still hasn't recovered. Yeah, he's so, halfway through his recovery, he reckons. Yes. So what this article is basically saying is that it's smoke and mirrors, and Brody is not going to be ready for the World Cup. But I think what ex- I what is extending Sui's recovery is that two months into his recovery, he decided to have surgery. Uh, so and maybe Brody had surgery straight away, but or no, or Brody's not going to have surgery because the surgery is what's taking so long to recover from. Sure, that seems but, like uh, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's very short. If we see the, Brody, the, this, be, see, this seems very very short sighted of New Zealand rugby if they just because I would kind of see it if this was because they could get another World Cup out of Brody probably. Yeah, you can play the next. You can definitely play the next. Like, I don't think this it's clever to push him back and potentially create, like, a career-ending end, sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. He is, like, probably, I would say, one of the most crucial players, though, just based yeah. on the lack of other locks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, 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 there's a big drop-off between him and his replacement, let's say that. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, do, do you then force him to play and essentially short... Not even short in his career, but essentially end his career by the end of the World Cup. Because, uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah, I but wouldn't I don't know because, because it, but for playing someone injured as well, like so maybe maybe he hurts himself as well. Like if it's a, and you know, like if he's lumbering around with like all his like his whole arm strapped and shit, you think Ahi won't want round two or Mario Toje won't fancy a little run at that? Man, yeah, fuck that. Sure. All these thugs in Namibia that that play play, play on a national level, maybe just. No, no, okay. Match, but but you also have to remember, rugby is also New Zealand's national sport. Oh, true. So they evenly match. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you know what? It's going to be a fair, be oh, a fair fight. Oh, we get, and we get to actually, see it later on this year, the biggest fixture of the year. Yeah. Actually, do you know what I'm looking forward to? It's going to be Tyler Ardron that takes him out. <laughs> oh yeah. Is oh, he made He's, he nails him. He's like that Chiefs jersey is mine permanently. Yeah, stay out of stay out of Waikato. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of Waikato, bitch. Don't want to uh, okay. What's okay. Um, cool. So I think we've um, discussed Brody. Um, next thing, no segue, just jumping. Um, th- this is quite this is quite interesting, really. We probably should have allowed more time for this. 
But the NRC, so the National Rugby Championship, which is the Australian kind of local competition, their version of the Curry Cup, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yes. They're trialing two new rules. So this is quite interesting because firstly, they're trialing it in a relatively big competition. It's not like they've, maybe they have trialed it through universities and stuff. But anyway, one is the 50-22 rule, which we've discussed, um, which we discussed on a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, the, the second one is quite interesting. So if the current law is if the ball gets held up over the try line, it's a scrum to the attacking team. Now the the new rule is now it's a scrum to the defensive team. Is that is that correct? Well, wasn't it a twenty-two dropout? Yeah, yeah, it's a dropout. A twenty-two dropout? No, no, no. It's a goal line a goal line dropout. A goal line dropout. Okay, yeah. but still goal line I, dropout. I I, I mean, really by that. I stand by that. So they, article said. So, They've, they've made up a new restart? Yeah, I think I think double double check the article. Uh, I don't know. Uh, do you mean, do you mean... Okay, yeah. but, but anyway, just just to discuss it in like in principle. I I, I like we, we're not sure. Like... Do 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 you do you think this is an attempt to depower the rolling war? Mm, no, um, no, because in my mind, look, if you held up held up over the line, it's not because. You failed at whatever you're doing. The defensive side succeeded yeah. in doing something. So they should get the benefit of the restart. Yeah. Not you for basically being unable to find the fucking grass. I mean, gravity's on your side. Getting a five-meter scrum is quite a big advantage. Like it's, it's yeah. actually, in a way, it's preferable to what you had before. Like trying to push, let's say you got like a ruck on the try line yeah. so you keep like sort of hammering away with your forwards your chances of like pushing over their forwards to get over the line to score I would say are less than your chances of getting a good shove on an attacking scrum Yo, when, and when you have to send their when you send their back line back and... yeah exactly so do, do you think that like in, in a way too... getting, getting held up over the line like you get to be put in a more preferential position and not because you succeeded like as Matt said it's actually you failed at doing what you were trying to do so I think that it's better for the defending team to have an advantage, a slight advantage, because like having, let's say they did it, uh, it's still a five-minute scrum, but to defending team, or if they do the goal line drop up, like you're still going to be put in a bad position. Yeah, you, you're pretty. Yeah, okay. So, so I, I've I've got the article now. Um, a goal line dropout when yeah. the ball is held up in the end goal area. So okay. this is a completely new. This is a new restart in a way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I, I I would say, would you say a goal line a goal line dropout is preferable to a defensive twenty five meter scrum, a, a, tw- a defensive five meter scrum? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It is, but like yeah. chances yeah. are you'll yeah. give away, like because, you yeah, give but, away like a but, but, attacking like, like, line from out from from a five-meter yeah, scrum defensively, you are going to kick it out from the goal line anyway. Exactly. I, I don't. Okay, what happens if a twenty-two dropout goes out on the full? It's like it's a kickoff. It's no, scrum it's, back. It's with yeah, you can't kick it straight out. So it will be a scrum. Oh, yeah. No, but you can okay, just yeah. tap yeah. it and you can just tap it and kick it, right? No, it's a drop. Oh, it's a so drop. you have to drop kick. Yeah. yeah, you've got it. You can take it. a sneaky one, but it's risky because of yeah, the other. That, that, that's 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 a ballsy move on your own dry liner. You're so, so you're giving them a yeah, attacking opportunity. So 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 ba- yeah. basically, what we th- what we think this is trying to prevent is when teams just rumble with their forwards for like ten phases. They say, actually, yeah. no, go yeah. create a proper try. Don't just yeah. hammer a, hammer until you you know tap it at the base of the post or whatever. Or try and then if you get held up and they the drop out, then they can't kick it out. Then you're forced to then run it back at them 
from like yeah. their 22 for example um so then we should yeah, depends on spark an attacking run okay yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's worth i think if you have france state and he just whacks at 65 meter drop kick yeah yeah i think like so i mean i was talking yeah, about he would, he would be able to get it back into the other half <laughs> yeah yeah but if you had him on i mean that that like yeah, there's a strategy there for you to put your fly half back to try and receive the 22 dro- the, the goal line dropout and then just hammer a drop and goal from where you're standing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then you don't get I a like trap. No, because it, it adds a bit of a new. Because how do you, you treat it? Do you treat it like. Because, you know, like a 22 dropout, generally, there are two thoughts. You either just kind of go for territory or you try and make it kind of contestable. Because yeah. even yeah. if you lose it, you know you lose it maybe 40, 45 out, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But yeah. then with, like, if you're trying to make this goal line dropout contestable, they're going to catch it on, like, your 22, basically. Yeah, yeah. so you, you're most probably going to check guys seeing them hoofing it to full back at, like, the halfway line as, or yeah, as close to I think Oaks will just try to thump it, I presume. But, I mean, yeah. so, but, so when, we, when we were talking about the 50-22 rule a few weeks ago, like the rationale that I was kind of using, because I'm still against that part of it. I, I don't like that rule very much. And my rationale was like, I don't like it when teams don't have to make trade-offs. So for a team kicking to try and find touch in the enemy 22, that's you, you're giving up possession in order to get territory, right? That's the rationale. And with the 50-22 rule, you can have both, which is what kind of which is kind of what puts me off. And it's the same thing here. Like if you are dry, if you trying to get a pushover with your forwards on the line, you're taking a risk. Whereas currently, you're not taking a risk because worst case scenario, okay, not worst case, but chances are you get held up and then you get the ball back with a, a more preferable five-minute scrum. This way, if you want to go for that kind of strategy, then you have, you do so knowing that you risk giving away possession. So I think it's good to have those sorts of, more of those trade-offs in the game because it forces teams to be more strategic with how they choose to you know try and score points. Um, so it makes that attack more risky, which is a it, good thing. It's it's also fair because because a lot of the time when someone is held up over the line, it's a hell of a good piece of defensive play. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe not when the but you know sometimes you'll see somewhere like the guy will basically be diving for the line and someone will like slide under him yeah. and sort of catch yeah, the ball that, in a like way. Like, yeah, well, it's like yeah, you've done. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you've done this amazing thing, so, okay, the, well, they still have the advantage. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fair enough, actually. So, so basically, what we're saying is, I still don't like 50-22. Yeah, me, me neither. But, yeah. Uh, but, but we quite like this rule, as a, as a pod, our, our official so, stance. Yeah, we'll let them know. I'll, yeah. I'll send them a, sounds, a message they can, they can go ahead with it. It definitely sounds like it's worth giving a trial to, and we can see how it goes before we yeah. give it our yeah, final stamp yeah. approval. Yeah, yeah. Sample it in Australia, which doesn't really matter. <laughs> in a meaningless competition, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, yeah. Uh, speaking of um, meaningless signings, but actually, no, we discussed them, but maybe they're not so meaningless. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Lions have signed... The Lions have signed Rulof Schmidt... Duncan Matthews and Andre Warner from the Bulls. Apparently, do you think this is apparently? Yes. Apparently, this is this is report reporting. Um, <laughs> do, do you think this is um, a response to these new like salary cap rules that they're trying to offload a bit of um, a bit of salary, basically? You mean the Bulls? Yeah, the Bulls. 
Maybe, uh, I mean... I guess so, because these are guys These are guys who are not even making, like, the 23, like, at all. These are guys who have just been pushed out completely. Oh, Ru- Rudolf Schmidt has a springboard cap, doesn't he? Yeah. So does yeah, Warner. But, I mean... He got called up into the squad, yeah, yeah in uh, 2016, but since then he's sort of fallen off. Let me just double-check yeah. on the... I don't uh, know. I know he was no, in nothing, the squad, nothing but for I don't know if he, actually, if he got on. Yeah, no, Warner doesn't have anything. Um... I don't know, I just... Yeah. Yeah. And so Warner's obviously applying for Pierre and uh, Ivan van Sale now, so he's looking to get some more game time. Um, it, Duncan no, Matthews, no, like, all it, the... It makes like... sense for the players, I think. I don't know that it really sure. makes that much sense for the Lions. I don't know, like, yeah, Duncan cause... Matthews, I like him, but I don't think he's he's what they need. Like, they've got a lot of guys like Tam- like Tambue and Skosan and Hachiva, obviously. Well, uh, the, the, Tamu's gone, eh? Tamu's gone to the shop. Yeah, Tamu's leaving at the end of the is Curry that, Cup. Is that confirmed? No, but even they, they, have, they have this new, this Curry Cup wing, this Pinar guy, he's good. Like, yeah. why are they... He is good. Yeah. He is good, yeah. Full and they always have a lot of good, like, wings. Like, talented, fast, quick wings. So, yeah. it is a position and, and, where it and, feels like and, they could rather build from within. Yeah. And Achiever's turning, uh, switching to the wing as well, so... Yeah. I don't know why they need another wing. I don't know. Maybe center. Oh, and th- okay, and then mm. then Ru- Rulof Schmidt. Yeah, I think so. Rulof Schmidt, because sorry, Alex, so because he's a he's an inside flank, but he's a lot bigger than the current sort of lines options. Mm. And Kwaka is also going to be involved in sevens next year, apparently. So it yeah. gives them more options, but I don't know if he's like a. You wouldn't jump to include him in your team, I guess. I don't know. My, my my sort of theory, which I said on the group, I think he's almost like a Marks replacement because they're going to need someone who, who gets over the ball now. Because yeah, despite... That's true. The, yeah, because they say Quaker, I don't I don't really think he's that good a fetcher, to be honest. But uh, we, we decided yeah, to start this... Ru- we decided to start this rumor to put off New Zealand, which, you know, I, I was all for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so Marks is sort of the Lions' main fetcher now. So will Rudolf Schmidt step into that role? I guess. No, I don't know. It's it's, hard, it's really hard to see how this, the team's going to shape up. Because yeah. I mean, minus Skuman's yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Like I don't I don't really rate. Sco- the... Skuman's having Skuman's having a good curry cup. Huh? Yeah, but that's his level. Like, he, but he always does. So he's, yeah. he's like a really yeah. good. He's a really good curry cup player, he but is, he's yeah. so limited when it comes to super rugby. Yeah, like he's like he, he just loses his sort of. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He just he lacks he lacks a bit of the physicality, and a little bit of the accuracy. But also, yeah, he just goes for everything. I think so. In Curry Cup, where the refs aren't as good, also he just gets away with a lot more than he does at Super Rugby level. Mm. No, I didn't think about it like that. Well, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna be the he's definitely got a starting position next year for the Lions Super Rugby side, with Quaker not there. I don't know. Unless suddenly, if they, if they play like Brink, Rulof, Schmidt, and Whiteley, that's a, I guess that's the most traditional back three. I think the Lions would have ever loose trio. The Lions would have ever put out. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. long fucking time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. If they have that, I'll yeah. back them. To be honest, like that's a good loose trio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it is. Yeah. And then, then Andre Warner, he's the most because he's because Groom's going, so he's quite an obvious Groom replacement. Andre Warner then. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. So, right. I mean, he's so too, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, cool. Um, sp- speaking of people moving into other people's positions, um, 
Bastero, the fat French center who was excluded from the World Cup squad, is now playing for being too slow, is now playing eighth man for his new squad, his new team, which is, I don't even know what his new team is. Um, It's for Leon. Leon. Yeah, Yeah, Leon. But I thought he was going to America. What happened to that? He's just seeing out the rest of the season with Leon, I think, and then joining the New York team. But how can he be seeing out the rest of the season? Because the season literally just started. It's all very confusing. Well, when does the... Maybe he's just waiting until the American season starts. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's along that line. The American season runs a similar time to Super Rugby, I think. Yeah. And but has the French season started yet? Surely it hasn't even started. No, it has. Yeah, it it has. has. He was. He played. He played this weekend. No, no, but no, no, but no. That was a warm-up game, though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, top league. Yeah, the French like top league. games it, have started. Like, is what I meant. Yeah, they. It runs like, it runs for an incredibly long time. Let me just look it up. Oh well, it's it's like it's like hundreds of games. Eh? Well, obviously yeah, it's hundreds it. of games, but it's, I think each team plays like 24 matches. Well, it's top 14, and they all play home and away, so it's like 26 yeah, so matches. Yeah, it, it starts on the 24th of August, so it's quite soon. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, look, and when did they, they play the finals when? Like, during Super Rugby already? Yeah, well, they played yeah. the finals in like, I think, like, the, May, maybe. The, yeah, near the end of Super Rugby. Yeah, June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they so that, that's much the inspiration for our novelty 15 at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. but, but Bastro at 8, it's pants on head retarded, eh? Yeah, whatever, oh. fuck. I mean, uh, Bastro at, at center was already pretty retarded, so I don't know. I feel like he's irrelevant now, yeah. Like, this it's shouldn't even be that big of a news story. It's yeah. Oh, there actually wasn't a news story about this. We we just made this into a news story for. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. No, but I'm yeah, yeah. Breaking lot, news. Breaking news. A lot <laughs> of people <laughs> mentioned it on Twitter as well. It it, it has no, been. No, 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 it is it is been. A, I'm sure someone has written an article on it, but we we're not basing this on an article at least. I know. Just just to me, the the what made Bastero. I'm not going to say good, but effective as a center was he was big. But yeah. he wasn't particularly fast or whatever. By putting him at eighth man, he loses the one advantage he has. It's stupid. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't have explosive speed, so he needs to be running from depth. Yeah. And, I yeah. So, yeah. I, I assume he still plays exactly the same as he did. He just now has to attend scrums where he didn't have to in the past. Yeah. Also, they're guaranteed yeah. to not have a jumping eighth man then. So you know they don't have a, three, a third jumper in the line. Yeah, I, I, could, I reckon he would be quite a good line-out lifter, though. Yeah, he'd be a lifter, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know he's not jumping. <laughs> like, for a fact. They're like, ah, oh, this one. They've got three props. He's not jumping. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is this is the, the inspiration for our, for our back, to, back to our roots novel, T15, you know, where we, we reestablish it. We bring the brand back onto point. Eh? While Adam's away. Yeah. You, know, you have to make the most of it. Yeah. We didn't even warn everyone. Yo, by the way, if you're listening, this podcast is still going to run for another two hours because Adam's not here. Get buckled so, in. Yo, I, hope you have, yo, I hope you haven't played anything. Yo, br- bring a snack. Stay, stay hydrated. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll just, run we'll just pause the podcast and go get a drink and then yeah. resume. We'll just never listen my to current, My current strategy is staying hydrated. Just breathe the air here. I'm sitting <laughs> at 85% humidity right now. What does like I don't understand because obviously a hundred percent humidity isn't underwater. What what is a hundred percent humidity? 
I don't know, but I've been right. damp for like a month. I've been damp for like a month, so I don't know what dry, being dry feels like. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah. If you if you're listening and you know what 100 percent humidity is, please tell me because I'm yeah. If you if you're a meteorologist, please help us. Maybe it's like yeah, anyway, like, speaking maybe it's like when you're in a cloud. Yeah. So if you're in like mist, yeah. it's 100 percent humidity. When it's like water vapor, like you're in water vapor. Oh, could be. Okay, well, anyway, um, speaking of confusing things, <laughs> this week's Curry Cup results had, I would argue, three upsets. Uh, I think so, and I can confidently back that up by the fact that I got naught out of three on Superbrew. Yeah. The, so, the, the average for Superbrew, I think, Super according was, to the bookie, is definitely Yeah. I think I think the average, the Superbrew round average was like um, 0. 0.6 out of 3 or something. <laughs> 0.6, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it would crack 1. <laughs> no, but like, if, everyone was a, was an upset. Yeah, yeah, but so, we... so anyway, just to quickly go through Superbrew, I've only, um, I'm sorry, just to quickly go through the Curry Cup, I've only watched the highlights of Two and then I watched the Bulls Grit Quiz because you know um, I was trying to invi- I was trying to just become Adam to be a good host so I only watched the Bulls game. I was I was technically up for most of them but yeah I w- didn't get to watch. Lions game I watched as much of the Bulls game as I could but I missed the Sharks game entirely. Yeah, so, yeah um, the same both. I missed the Sharks game but I just saw the highlights. Okay. Okay, so anyway. Interestingly, every game this weekend, the the winning team came quite significantly from behind. I think okay. the the Pumas uh, the Pumas were down. I think fifteen three or twelve um, three or something. The Lions were down nineteen nil, and then the Grickers were down. I think ten nil yeah. or something like that. So, okay. so yeah, all of them were good comeback victories. Um, yeah, um, the highlight of the Lions game was obviously when H- Hachiva high-fived the ref. <laughs> Classic Hachiva. Yeah, oh, okay, let, let. Friend of the father. Has he got you your jersey yet? No, he stopped answering my messages. <laughs> Not so <laughs> maybe, 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 Maybe he didn't have one and he's embarrassed now, Alex. I guess. Maybe I mean, just I... message him and say, listen, listen, Ajiva, it's short if you don't have one. We, we still mates. Like, you can, you yeah, can talk to him. Like... Yeah, just say no. It's cool. Okay, I'll let me write back to him right now. Um, okay. but, um, yeah. the, the, the blue jerseys they're playing in currently <laughs> are still pretty cool. Like the Curry Cup ones. They're not as cool as the one I they watched, are. but they are quite yeah. cool. Yeah, but I think but that was a one-top for their anniversary. Mm. Oh. Uh, the one they played in this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay, um, but yeah, so yeah. I, I was really surprised um, that the Lions came back. To sure, I oh, don't need to do an ad if, like go through the try scores and shit. We can just talk about the game in general. Mm. Yeah, I you were surprised. Yeah, I was surprised because like, when I was watching, I didn't actually watch the last few minutes. Not because I was like, oh, it's it's clearly done. I just had better things to do. But um, I just I, I spent most of the game thinking like, wow, the, the cheetahs are just running right over the Lions. They seem to be able to kind of break the line almost at will. Um, like that, that center, what's his name? Bernard Janssen van Rensburg. Is that right, Phil? Guy used to be for the Lions, playing 13 for the Cheetahs. He was just breaking the line constantly. He was he was really solid. Um, Bernard Janssen. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Um, yeah, so he was really good. The the cheetahs front row were fucking just dominating the line scrum. Um, that that penalty that won them yeah. the game came from a scrum, and I just don't see that happening with the the starting front row on um, oxen chair is playing super well at the moment. Uh, I honestly think it, it's going to be a real shame if we don't get to see him back in Super Rugby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I was surprised. The Lions did fantastically well to come back. Um, from what I heard, Manus Skuman was was one of the better players towards the end of the game. I thought he was getting manhandled a bit. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think? Yeah, um, I, I thought the, the sort of the, the cheetahs were the one that looked like the proper rugby side. You know, like they had good forward pressure. They yeah. Peaceful. They were taking advantage of areas. You know, like they were playing. But then the Lions just kind of thiefed the Knights at it. Like, because mm. all their tries weren't. I wouldn't say against the run of play, but you know they're less. They're less sort of expected. Yeah. Kind of relying on a bit of an individual an individual sort of moment to kind of break the game a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. The, they definitely got dominated up front. Like, yeah, as Alex was saying, the, like, the Lions forwards just got smashed. Like, every time even they were trying to bring it up, the, like, guys like Oxenchair and Joseph Dweber were just, like, making these huge hits, and they didn't get any sort of forward momentum. And they would rely on, like, their individual brilliance of backline players to get them forward. Yeah. Just, you know, fair enough. That's what's nice about rugby that there's, you know, there's more than one way to crack the nut. Eh? Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. but I like, I like. Anyway, the there's. Um, the, I think their move to Pro 14 has been a very positive one, um, and like the guys just look very. The team looked very structured to me, um, which is not what I would have said about the teams when they were still in Super Rugby. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I don't know. They, I like, I like what they're doing at that club. It, it makes me feel really good that they aren't playing Super Rugby and yet still seem to be really growing yeah. as a union. Uh, so it gives me a, a little bit of hope for the EP Kings, but also makes me feel a little bit better about like some of the people who keep saying that prov- like the Stormers and Sharks or whatever should be moving to Pro 14. I disagree, but if we did it, um, I feel a little bit better about it now. So, yeah. <laughs> It would be on a better. It would be a better time zone to watch, actually. Yeah, but that's not a problem for me. Like I, I like the travel. I can accept as an argument, but it's like the only argument. Like I, I don't have a problem with watching morning games. I also don't have a problem with waking up at like eleven o'clock at night to watch Argentina games. So, I'd rather watch a good game at a bad time than a bad game at a good time. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, no, but the the cheaters are they they're looking like a proper rugby team now. Yeah. Like yeah, they they still they still make mistakes and they they have their their individual weaknesses amongst their players, but they they well drilled, eh? Yeah. They're well drilled. They I think they one do the th- basics. They they're looking more and more like a European side in a way. Like that is it is rubbing yeah. off on them, obviously. I think one thing that affected them quite badly against Lions was when um Tiantumana went off because he's the fly half. Um, Louis Fischer came on to replace him, and they sort of lost their way just a little bit in terms of controlling the game. So I think Tian Skuman, even though he was never that good for the balls, he's raised his game, and he's actually he's been pretty good for the Cheetahs so far. I saw a picture of him. He stopped peroxiding his hair so much. So he's clearly mature. That's that's always a positive step in someone's life. Did you even recognize him? 
Well, I had to, I, I had to look at the caption, to be fair. I honestly, I don't think I'd recognize him without his, his hair. Yeah, without that shocking bullshit hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Uh, um, yeah, so, in any way, speaking of bullshit things, uh, the Pumas beat the Sharks. Well, oh, wait, where, which, where one's the thing, which one is the bullshit thing in this discussion? The, the Sharks or the Pumas? Oh, the, oh, the Sharks <laughs> are the bullshit thing. Okay, of course. Okay. No, we're just going to make sure. Uh, I think Pumas were at home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, the Pumas were at home, okay. So that, that's not as bad for the Sharks, but... The Sharks oh, like they, were just doing, like they were doing, like, stupid shit. Like, they were... I think that the, their forwards were trying to too hard to, like, impose themselves on the game, where the Pumas actually have pretty good forwards. Like, they deserve, they deserve some level of respect, I think. Mm. And sure. then... Yeah, like the Pumas, the Pumas. To be honest, they 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 took the they took the opportunities. Like I think they got a, they got an intercept, and I think they had a mall to try. Okay. But then, um, yeah, um, Kerwin Bosch scored a good try though, which I don't know, don't know how to feel about. It. Like Curry, he's better than a Curry Cup, but yeah, so he should be scoring good tries. Yeah, but yeah, um, okay. result was a result. It wasn't a to me watching it. While watching the the relive, it didn't feel like a massive upset. Watching it, I was just like, oh, the the yeah. teams were pretty even, and one team came out on top. I think the one thing is like Pumas were willing to take their shots at goal in terms of penalties, whereas the Sharks were just trying to score tries every time, and they obviously didn't get all their tries. They like made mistakes on the line and then just didn't score anything from it. So it's almost like they're not taking it as seriously as like the top level competition. Whereas Pumas are obviously, like you were saying, they're still a solid team, so you have to take points when on offer. You've got to still play pretty well to beat them. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit like disrespectful in a way, actually. Guys, is is Larue Roots actually good? He he definitely gets over the advantage line. Uh, I feel like the Lions at the moment could use him. I, I, was, I, was, I was about he, to say, like if the Lions Whoa, he are, is, are... from all reports, he is a fanatical Christian, so that could help. Yeah, he'd fit in well. <laughs> oh, then he should be playing for the Lions by next week. <laughs> He's really been blessed by both Falaos. That's when you know, like, you, you've got to commit a hate crime. John the Baptist has blessed him. I don't know, I think... Bad. There's definitely room for him in a in a super rugby squad. I don't know. It's... No, no. I, I think I think I think John the Baptist literally baptized him. I think it was a like I think the article was like a ba- backyard baptism or something like that. And Izzy and John had him underwater in this swimming pool or some shit. <laughs> oh my God. That's definitely a fetish. Oh my gosh. Hey, it's a fetish thing. It has to be. <laughs> like there's no other explanation. I don't even know if we should go into this. <laughs> no, we have to. Matt, quickly, mock Izzy to, to impress Squidge. <laughs> oh, no, well, fuck, I'm trying to... I don't know, is Izzy into water play, but that's normally pissing, not playing in a pool. Um, what is it going to say, though? Starts, like, maybe this is the end yeah, of stuff. I'm just imagining... Well, to be though, honest, to be honest guys... we, we, we don't know what was in the pool. Yeah, yeah, we don't know that it was water. But have you guys seen, there's that video, there's a video <laughs> that passed there, like... like uh, baptizing guys in the US like on stage and that and he's essentially fucking choke slamming slamming them into the water I'm, I'm picturing that did, did, did you see that thing with that Kenyan pastor who invited Jesus to come and speak and some guy rocked up yeah like in like a like a like a robe and he had like a hair like what the oh, fuck God. is going on it's pretty good 
pretty ballsy move. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, anyway, um, speaking of speaking of ballsy moves, the Griquas showed a fair, a fair set to give it to the Bulls. Quite nicely, to be honest. The the Bulls oh, who... See, uh, I, one comment I can make on this. Did you see that article I posted about what Porto Hume had to say about the game? No, was he unimpressed? He, he, <laughs> he called it a disgrace. What? The Bulls' performance. Like what? He, he, he was pissed off with the, how they played. He called it a disgrace, and he's going to take a serious look at but how they're going to I mean, approach. Yeah, I so feel like I he, has to, for the next he has to take some responsibility, surely. I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know how much responsibility is on Potter Human, because it seemed to me like it was like an execution failure, right? Because we saw how many times the Bulls like, fucked up. Like, there was just so many knock-ons. The like the penalty count wasn't even that bad against the Griquas had conceded more penalties, but like Roscoe Speckman knocked like literally dropped the ball over the line, dead, cold. No one was trying yeah, to like with him. no one near him as well. Yeah, it was oh, like yeah. shocking. So I don't know, like I don't see what kind of responsibility a coach should be taking for that. Unless I don't know, unless you spent the whole week telling them how easy it was gonna to be to beat the Griquas. But I, like it just seems like the Bulls they're a good enough team on paper. They're pretty much like 60% of the same team that played Super Rugby. There's no excuse for them to be losing to a a quick result. That was one of his comments. That was his comment. It was like, look, guys, this is technically a Super Rugby team. Why are we losing to these guys? Maybe maybe they're tired. Sorry, guys. Maybe it's the coaching. Just quickly before we keep going, I think I've got a bit of lag from my side. So if I'm a bit slow to respond to things, it's not because I'm, I'm high or anything like that. It's just because of my internet connection. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're breaking up a bit to me at least earlier, but you you sound better now, Alex. Okay, mm. cool. Right. Sorry about that. Okay, cool, guys. Any any last comments on the Curry Cup? No, I don't think so. Uh, Not for me. I can't really. Well, do who do we think is going to make it through? Yeah, so it's about the halfway point now. now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's quicker. Um, because Greek Greek was the top of the log. They they've lost though. Yeah, yeah. They had lost one game. Greek was a second of the cheaters. But they got hammered by the cheaters. Yeah, like 64-20 something or something. Yeah. Okay, so then I guess you got to say cheaters, lions, Greekers. Because Griquas also, they only have two games left and they're both at home, so they could easily yeah. top the log. So, anyway, even if they win one, they're probably not going to drop out of the top four. Yeah, and I mean, the Lions are unbeaten at the moment, but they, they've they had to come back twice, from so. behind. They've had to come from behind in every game that they've played, and they haven't looked like super convincing in any of them. Their points difference after three wins is five. So they haven't like beaten anyone by a lot. Oh, sounds like it Ben's all, it fantasy. Counts, yeah. That sounds that sounds like Ben's fantasy draft. <laughs> it's like efficient. Topping topping the table with a negative points difference. <laughs> at, at, at one point, at like week seventeen, my points difference was zero. What what are the chances <laughs> of that? Perfectly balanced. I I I am I am Thanos. Everything's perfectly balanced. Oh God! You sound oh, like my gosh. fucking kindergarten kids. <laughs> they're obsessed with I'm Thanos and they try to snap but they can't snap their fingers because that requires like, <laughs> some fucking motor coordination 
<laughs> yeah. Oh god. Okay. Um Yeah, so should should we get on to our should we get on to our World Cup previews? There we go. Yeah. Um, e- I'm, e- I'm, e- as as I'm gonna e- be uh, I've done some quick rapid googling, um and I think I've got a vague idea of which players are Scottish now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you just got going about Hugh Jones, you know, who's uh, one of our. Did you know? That, did Hugh Jones actually go to UCT, or did he just play? Or did he just play for UCT? Um, I think he played. Uh, he, I think he took some courses at UCT. Yeah, I think he took. Uh, um, like, he I don't think he got a degree from there, but it's. Mm. I don't think he. Okay, I don't think he only played rugby here. Yeah, because he, he didn't come he, I just he was for like a, like a gap. I thought he was like a gap student at Bishop. Yeah, he was stooging. Yeah, I know he was stooging. Mm, let's have a look. Uh, he, oh, he enrolled at the University of Cape Town for 2014. Uh, doesn't say anything about whether or not he graduated with a degree. But it, does, it definitely <laughs> says that he enrolled. So, I mean, fuck. Well, if he enrolled in 2014, he would have to, he would graduate in 2017. And he was definitely playing for Scotland by then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he had I to mean, finish his degree. At least he tried. No, I think it was probably just because okay. of the, the UCT rule where you have to have like a certain number, not the UCT, but the Vastu Cup thing, where you have to have a certain number of students in your yeah. team. And I'm sure oh, if you so can't, if you uh, signed up so for like the diploma, too. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he's got Church. like a diploma for doing something from the, from UCT. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he has an honorary degree now. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I signed a I signed a petition to keep Super Sandwich where it is on Upper Campus, by the way. Oh, why? Where are they moving you to? Uh, well, they don't want to move anywhere, but the university's trying to move them. Um, for some but, reason, what in the little? Oh, do they want like move them to the food court? Because they're not really they're not like in the food court, are they? No, they're like they're in vibe with the chicken noodle man. Uh, and yeah, I was, like, like not on my what, fucking they, watch. What, are they also moving? Because if they're moving Chicken Noodle Man, I'm pretty sure that's a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I did what I could. Yeah, yeah. They probably want to move into the food court to like standardize things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, speaking of moving yeah. things to the food court, speaking of moving things along, who's going um, to Let's go. Um, I'll, I'll go first with uh, Samoa. Just uh, I, uh, just a disclaimer: I, I don't know much about Samoan rugby, but unfortunately, we don't know any Samoans. So here we go. Oh, I mean, my wife's using them. the blender. That's good. <laughs> good timing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, did you enjoy my review of Samoa? <laughs> just just like ten people at Yeah. Okay, so um, Samoa, just just a bit of uh, background. They currently rank 16th in the world, which is pretty much the lowest I can remember them being ranked. Huh? They generally just outside the they generally just outside the top 10. Just mm. to give you an idea, they're behind USA, Japan, Italy, some quite. Oh, sorry, more blender guys, more blender. Yeah, yeah, like you said, traditionally uh-huh. they've always been just outside the tier one teams, and now they're like quite a bit. It's pretty disappointing. Yeah, like there's definitely. Yeah, yeah, like they haven't, they haven't really. It's not that great. Anyway, the, the World Cup record. They've they've played 28 games. Um, 
They have won 12 and lost 16. So that's a that's a relatively decent World Cup record. Huh? That's really good, actually, yeah. Yeah, and um, then um, their highest finish is they, they made the quarterfinals in both 91 and 95. So that's maybe where their, um, their sort of wins come because they, they are definitely... They are definitely a, a waning power Samoa, let's say that. Eh? Mm, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Waning power. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, um, their their strengths is they are very so Samoans generally are just very kind of athletic people. You know, they big, they strong, they fast, and um, that obviously that that does kind of lend a lend an air of unpredictability that you know like a prop can break the line and gas the fullback or you know, like the scrum half can just run over your flank kind of thing. So it does, like, I could imagine they're quite a hard team to to plan to play against, if you know what I mean. Like, obviously, you'll say, okay, kind of, let's try kind of out outstructure them or whatever. But, you know, you can't, you know, you can't plan for the unpredictable in a way. So, yeah, I would say that's that's probably their, their biggest strength. Do you guys agree with that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a holdover that I think the same thing applies to if you look at how they play sevens. They essentially just play the fifteenth the same way. Yeah, yeah. They, they obviously, obviously, it also it becomes a, it becomes a weakness in a way as well. Yeah. Um, their weaknesses is I was looking at their squad, and honestly, I don't think there's one player with more than thirty caps. Like yeah. I, I think it, it no, but it is. It's kind of because uh, Pacific Nations Cup is a relatively new thing. I think it's only two or three years old now. Huh? Two years. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I see Pacific no, Nation Cup going back 2006. 2006? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, then I've yeah. Maybe the players weren't being released for it or whatever because, honestly, yeah, I was looking possible. at their team They're and no one, no one has more than 30 caps. Like, guys who debuted in, like, 2013 have, like, 27 caps. Yeah. I think so they like, haven't like, been released for tournaments. Yeah, so so they play so they they might they play a lot of rugby like a lot of them you see they play in France they play in the UK leagues quite a quite a few of them have had a New Zealand sort of experience they have through the systems in New Zealand and then kind of moved over but they haven't really experienced much international rugby which obviously like the pre- obviously rugby is the same game but at an international level the pressure becomes a lot greater blah 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 and then that sort of lack of experience I think it's I think it's going to tell. Like I think we're going to see them go to a lead at some point in a game and then just crumble. But yeah, that's that's my view. And also just their lack of their lack of structures. You know, they're a bit of a hodgepodge team. They put together from a lot of different clubs. I don't. Obviously, they don't have the same coaching structures as someone like Scotland or just to give others in the group like Scotland. Matt knows who their coaches. Yeah. Oh, I forgot what's his first Stephen Jackson. Yeah, possibly a part-time video game the jobs Like two months before the biggest fixture in their four-year cycle. So yeah, wow. fuck, it's hilarious. <laughs> that just builds <laughs> confidence for your national squad. Yeah, the coach knows he's not keeping his job after this. Well, remember there was that whole thing with Jake White where he they advertise his job like during the World Cup, and yet <laughs> like reapply or something. Yeah. No, well, he lost it. He he was gone after the World Cup, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. But he still reapplied as Jack White. Let's not kill ourselves. <laughs> yeah, he reapplied. Like, obviously, it was a job. He reapplied as Jack White. <laughs> that was his motivation, like... actually. Like they they fired him so that he considered himself 
like an applicant for the job rather than the incumbent uh, so that it, that inspired yeah. him uh, even harder to try and get the job back because yeah, so he could he could he could, re- he could reapply as world yeah. cup winning coach that's his specialty <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, winning this world cup is gonna look so good at this application for this job i currently yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the most qualified for this country because the last time I had it. <laughs> yeah. Also, okay. I'm looking at the uh, Pacific Cup. The New Zealand Maoris have played a season, and Australia A have played two seasons in it. Just sort of. Oh, so they they don't count as they don't count as caps, then I would guess. That's pretty yeah. fucking cheeky, eh? Yeah. So okay, the Maoris yeah, but, but, played one season and won it. The Aussie A side played two seasons and only ever, ever managed run it up, not winning it. Mm, okay, well, anyway, so that's yeah, but like, because now I don't, were USA and Canada always in it as well? Um, no, the US have played three seasons and Canada have also only played three seasons. And Georgia did play once, I think it was last year. Yeah, Georgia played last year. That's Japan funny. have Japan that's have a played. Stretch, yeah. Ten seasons. I mean, it's only Fiji Pacific Cup. Nations Cup by name. Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess. But then, Fiji played like, can we twelve. Change the name? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like Samoa's played eleven. Oh fuck! The Junior All Blacks have played three times that and have won it three cheeky. times. God, the All Blacks don't know. Technically, they are in the Pacific their own business. Yeah. Technically, no. New Zealand must fucking stay in their lane with this kind of stuff. Hey, eh? like let them have yeah. their own little tournament, guys. Like, calm down. You'd have, anyway, to, you'd, have to, you'd have to win everything, you know. Yeah, so originally, <laughs> yeah. it was started as the Pacific Five Nations. That was its original um, 2006 when it was founded. Just, just, just speaking of New Zealand staying in their lane, I would say, just looking at, just quickly, this is just based on the starting 15 where Samoa played the US this weekend. I would say about 12 of them are born in New Zealand, though. So it is very yeah. much like... A, it is very much like a, a team where they sort of, I don't know what they do, like look through birth certificates or whatever and try try find a connection to, but I don't know, like, do you, do you want players? Like, obviously, ideally, you want, like, homegrown players, but Samoa's population is only 200,000 people, so they're probably not, they're probably mm-hmm. struggling to get that level of, um, yeah, you know, good. just kind of the, the streams coming through. But anyway, um just in terms of a key forward, I'd say it's probably Jack Lamb, just because he's just because he's experienced, basically. Like they're gonna need someone who's been there before to kind of s- settle them down a bit. Interestingly, they also have a, a guy Henry Stowers. I don't know if you remember him. He made kind of headlines a few years back because he captained Samoa in a Junior World Cup, and then. Next year, he played for New Zealand in the Junior World Cup. Mm. And now he wants to play for Samoa again. Well, now, yeah, now, so he, he debuted for Samoa on Saturday. And he, he's quite a good player. He's a flank. He does, you know. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he'll, I don't think he'll actually play, but you never know. Like, obviously, everyone will play because it's a World Cup, so you got to. <laughs> well, they've only got like 12 you guys. Got to, yeah, and there's yeah. only, yeah. I know. I know there were uh, stories like they want to try and get Nanai and Jordan Tafua to play for them. I don't know if it's too late, but they're no, trying. Well, they had. Too late they had uh, yeah, yeah, they could get Milani Nanai. And they, they don't need Jordan to announce Tafua the squad. When in August do they need to announce their squads? 
I don't know. But I don't I mean, know when they, they've got uh, Nana Williams there, right? No, he well, he's not he's not playing this this World Cup. He's I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's injured or just hasn't been released or hasn't made himself available or retired or. That's, but yeah, that's he's not weird. he's not in the World Cup squad. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it happens to a lot of these Samoan guys though, who are playing in Europe. They just make themselves not available, or their clubs pressure them to. Yeah, I think uh, especially the French but dudes. You think it's like the, like the French like league, as we were saying, it starts. Season. Yeah, it starts in August, so they obviously play at the same time as the World Cup. So the clubs ideally don't want to let their players go. Like, but it is a it is a strength to sort of have a have an international level player playing while none of the other internationals are available, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like you were probably, well, that's like, well, that's always our theory with uh, Nadola resigning, uh, Nadola retiring. Yeah. That mm. he was... I think that's so sad. That like, was, Fiji, because Fiji are actually looking so good. And they, if they had uh, him, I hate I, I would really... I'd actually, surely, surely really ILB or Cold Mountain should just not have the World Cup going on at the same time as Leeds. Like, even... even yeah, uh, you think so? Yeah, but I don't know. To, to to me, to me, you you make a plan like like you say. Okay, the World Cup is a sacred month or a sacred forty days or whatever, and you don't you, you don't touch that those forty days. Do you know what? Do you know what would help with that? An international, like a proper international calendar. Yeah, true. If only the IOB hadn't had one in the works and then went and scratched the whole. Tournament in that system. Yeah. Um, anyway, key key backline player. I'm gonna say uh, Alapata Laiua, uh, Laiua, just yeah. because he's the one guy I've basically heard of in their backline. He was he was for the Canes a few years back. He was he was good. Like scored a lot of tries. He's he's a finisher. And I I do think if Samoa Samoa are going to win games. They're going to need individuals to stand up, and he's the kind of guy who can individually break a game. Mm. So yeah, um, they just to go through their their pool. They have Russia, Scotland, Ireland, and Japan. I would say if they wanting to if they wanting to make the playoffs, realistically they've got to be Scotland. Yeah, I I, I don't think they can be Scotland. And Japan, yeah. Or obviously, well, like there's an implication if you're beating Scotland, you can beat Japan. But uh, realistically, I would say the biggest game is probably going to be the game versus Japan, hmm. which is which is quite unfortunate actually because it is the last game of their pool. So it's more than likely probably actually going to be a dead rubber. Yeah. So, yeah, because okay, so they play they play Russia, Scotland, Ireland, then Japan. So chances are, if everything goes you know according to plan. At that stage, Japan and Samoa would have actually both already been knocked out. On the plus side, if they're playing the ch- first, they'll, they should have a chance to top their top their table for a short time. Dude, Japan, no. what Japan, Japan's, Japan's playing. playing. This is this. Do, do you want to hear Japan something quite shit? Russia. Do you want to hear something quite shit if you're Russian? Russia play Japan on the twentieth, and then they play Samoa on the twenty-fourth. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of short things. Yeah, they always get fucked like this. Like it always happens to Namibia. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, generally the small, the smaller teams get less rest. Yo, rugby's your national sport. You should be able to tough it out with a big squad, okay? Yeah, we can. We just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
they tried to see if they could just bring Jock Berger one year and then just hope he plays for all the games in every position. Uh, yeah. Have you heard about our, our really good new uh, blindside flanker, Mark Berger? <laughs> <laughs> Berger. Uh, yep. You have a broken nose by chance. <laughs> that's funny you should ask. I mean, that's not a distinguishing feature in Namibia, but yes, he does. Can, can, he, can he smile round corners? <laughs> Could, but his sinus is so damaged that he can't smell anything anymore. Um, you're sounding a bit distant, Alex. I don't know if that's me or you. Uh, is it better now? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. So any, anyway, I would say I would say their key fixtures versus Japan, just because they, I'd say that's the most close they have to their own strength, and um, their position in the pool. I, I don't think they. I think they probably going to lose to Japan to be honest but they'll beat Russia so fourth in the pool uh, yeah fourth in the pool and obviously they won't make it out the pool yeah okay fair enough okay um who do you want who wants to go next Phil do you want to guide us through South Africa okay um we all know a bit more about South Africa than Samoa, so guys, please feel free to uh, disagree with me when you do, and if you do. Um, so South Africa is in Pool B with New Zealand, Italy, Namibia, and Canada. So the real crunch match in terms of the pool players, the very first match against New Zealand on the 21st of September in Yokohama. Um, although, obviously, it's not a must-win because the top two teams finish or top team, two teams qualify for the quarterfinals. So I think in terms of the big game to, to watch, it will be the quarterfinal, potentially against Ireland or Scotland or even Japan. Um, although the first game against New Zealand should set the tone for the rest of the World Cup. Um, I, I think that game versus New Zealand, because if you're beating New Zealand... Yeah. You're going to have so much momentum. And then chances are your quarterfinal is going to be against Scotland. Which, yeah. no offense to Alex and his Scottish rep, it's a bit of a, you know, like if you if you got that sort of momentum, you're going to run over Scotland. So it's basically, exactly. if we win that first game, I would say we're almost in the semifinals sort of thing. For sure. Um, and I think they will definitely be going for it. I don't think there's any... This game, so if you put everything into it, you have a lot of time to recover, and you have easier games against like Canada and no offense, Alex, Namibia, that you should be able to put your B team in fuck? and sort of beat comfortably. <laughs> Even if Jock Berg is like, I think Alex just quit the, quit the podcast. <laughs> Protest quit. Alex Update, I'm now sitting on the floor with my dog, so if you hear strange noises, it's because she's trying to get me to take her for a walk. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, as you so, were. As we were. I... Cality up front, and they're sort of um, able to dominate other teams with that physicality. So, specifically looking at guys like Steph Detoy and Mark Marks and... Uh, you know, the rest of the can really the sort of dominate the game. Sorry. The, the, the goon squad. Yeah, the goon squad. Those guys, I think even against the, the the most physical pack, they would back themselves to be able to 
not just get parity, but at least provide the rest of the team in the back line with good go-forward ball. And if we had to look at a weakness... It's fucking out. The, his partnership, even with Lucanio Am, getting the ball and getting it wide and doing something meaningful with the ball. Um, no matter how much good go forward ball they might get from the forwards, it's it's always going to be limited when it comes to those guys in the back line. What do you do? You guys agree with that? Yeah. When I when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that. Um, that center combination is something that's still a bit up in the air to me. Like I'm still not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced how well they gel. Mm. Defensively, yeah, I, I'm fine, but, but on, exactly, on attack, yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think maybe I, our biggest I think weakness is, is actually depth at fullback because we've got like this really sophisticated and fragile defensive structure with this rush defense that we've been using for the past year or two under Rusty, right? And we've seen it fail against England in the tour last year. We saw it kind of get a little bit exposed against New Zealand with the Bowden Barrett, Jack Goodhue try. And like so much of it lives and dies on Vili And, you know, he was also the one who I think who, who basically sparked the Cheslin Colby break for the uh, Herschel Janchi's try that ended up drawing the game for us. So if he goes down... I'm I'm kind of worried that we don't have anyone in the squad or even close to the squad who's had any meaningful experience in that position in that role as the sort of backline organizer, um, and that whole kind of defensive system falls apart a little bit. Uh, so that I think is a huge huge weakness. Yeah, I mean I think we we saw against Australia in uh in South Africa this year when they played we saw Gallant play at 15 and he's pretty much the only player we've seen recently step into that 15 jersey other than Villeleu and he did a he did a decent job without being spectacular but South Africa also had a lot more of the ball so they didn't really get an opportunity to get exposed on defense as much as yeah. they would obviously against a team like New Zealand. Um so yeah, I agree with you in terms of just the lack of of potential options at 15. We don't even know if Gallant will make the squad. It's still quite up in the air. Um, And then who else is going to play 15? So, Billy seems like he's irreplaceable. Yeah, I think it's important that whoever Rossi has in mind for replacing Billy in the event that he gets injured gets at least 80 minutes, like at least one full game, I would say, against the Argentina side. Um, Mm. I don't think we we can... Do we have any other warm-up games left? We, I know we're playing Japan at some point. Okay. Oh, but I don't know when. Jesus, that's good. Because at the moment, like, <laughs> that's like this one thing that's just hanging, out, hanging over us. We've never beaten Japan. And now we're trapped in Japan. <laughs> and like, fuck, we need to get rid of this voodoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's sometime in uh, late August or early September, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, it'll obviously be like right before we, or we go over or whatever. But I think the problem is, even if you play Gallant in a game like that, it's not really, like Alex was saying, it's not meaningful experience, because yeah. you would expect South Africa just to dominate the game against Japan. You're not really testing him that much. I don't know, history says otherwise, Phil. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I feel like, I hope, and I feel like we've come a long way since those since those days with Heine Kamea and Patrick Lambia, Flyhoff. No offense, Sharks fans. <laughs> um, 
and just dropped off from the pot all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just offending. I'm, I'm offending everyone today. I'm just, and, and just ticking like everyone off five, my list. Four, Phil's gonna be this. Phil's gonna. <laughs> yeah, Phil's just gonna sit like alone in a WhatsApp group come Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> uh, who to offend next? Actually, um, no. Actually, you know what? You can talk shit about Adam. He'll never hear it, so it's fine. It'll be you and Adam <laughs> sitting in love in the group. Yeah, I think he was... <laughs> He's already upset that we didn't say Galant is capable of covering Billy Liver. Yeah. yeah, true. Okay, so uh, key forward. I'm, I, I'm sort of weighing it up between the sort of backup options and just the sort of impact that they have as starters. So key forward, I've put down as... Marker marks. Even though Bongi does a very good job in replacement, I think that having marks is—he's just sort of the best in his position, and he brings something that Bongi isn't able to. And while I would back Bongi to replace him nine times out of ten, I think that marks on his day is like clearly best in the world at number two, and eat that dead calls. I think. Go on. I'd, disagree. I just—I dis- I disagree with that. I think, because... Um, uh, yeah, I think it's Peter Steftitoy. Jamie George. Oh, oh, the key forward. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have said, Pete, said Peter Steff. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. I mean, like Mark, I said, weighing it up. But carry on, explain. No, I just think, like, because we don't have... Uh, it's the same as the... Yeah, you take out Peter Steftitoy. There's no replacement for Peter Steff. Like, who else is going to come on at seven and make, like, around 20 tackles for 80 minutes... And you know, run with the ball in hand, be that guy who links actually quite effectively uh, with the back. I mean, it's an interesting question, Franco Mostert. Exactly. I think I was about to say. I think probably if it came down to that, hopefully it doesn't. But if we are forced to replace him, Franco Mostert is probably the most capable person of playing in the role and making as many tackles as Peter Sifter. Yeah, so I worry that if we if we're in that situation and we end up having to play Franco Master at seven because Peter Steff's injured, we almost it winding is... back the clock to Brighton, which is one of the first times that Peter Steff played seven. And he looked slow, out of position, like he was caught in between his old role and his new role. And I don't think that we have a replacement blindside flank at the moment. Just because Franco Mostert could be a blindside flank doesn't mean he is one at the moment. It's been like it's been a bit of a journey for Peter Steff to get to this point, and I think there were yeah. a lot of people who doubted that he would ever be an effective blindside flank. Now I think he's I think he's the best blindside flank in the world. I think he's better than Sean O'Brien. Um, actually, wait, sorry, who's Peter Marnie? Peter Marnie. all the Irish just, just dropped stopped, off. <laughs> Irish just stopped listening twice. <laughs> um, um, just England and Scotland and we've isolated the whole British Isles <laughs> so I, I think that well, if, if it's not England, Scotland goes with because isn't that how they must voted to stay you know like 4% of Scotland voted to stay or some shit um, yeah. so the other options at 7 would be guys like Dwayne Vermeulen or Francois Lowe or even Khaleesi going to 7 and like Kwaka at 6 or those sort of things. And, yeah, like Alex says, none of them are that great in terms of replacing Peter Stepp. So I think in terms of just the replacements and who else you can bring in, then it does make sense for Peter Stepp to be the key forward. But I think just based on starting 15 alone, I would argue that 
Malcolm Marx is more of an influential player. Phil, uh, Phil do, you, do you want a tip? Um, just so you know, because I've got a bit of pot experience. Um, when dropping a controversial opinion, you have to take a deep breath to, to wait for the reaction. <laughs> I hear well, that. What I hear is it's a bot. Well. We can confirm Ben has listened to yeah. the, an episode that he wasn't on. <laughs> I was I was almost doing that to show you I've listened to the episode. <laughs> yeah, but like the 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 deep the intake of breath is to give someone an opportunity to call you an Uber if they need to. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no Uber in Mauritius. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Maybe you should start an Uber service. Anyway, um. no, you can't. They tried the. There's like a very hardcore like taxi lobby, and they blocked it. Oh, I know. Anyway, so let's get to backs <laughs> for the Springboks, right? <laughs> no segue needed. Um, I think the key back again. It's a sort of similar position. We've touched on Billy Larue and his lack of replacements. Um, but I think in terms of players that they don't want to go down and players that are central to what the, the Springboks have been practicing. I think Andre Pollard is at the center of it, and mm. we have seen Elton come in and do a decent job, but without Pollard, I think the game plan and the way that they play changes quite significantly. Um, and it's the same sort of thing where you have... Uh, if we lose Vili, we, we really don't know what we're going to do, but him himself is not as central to the game plan, I think, as Andre Pollard. And, yeah, no deep uh, breath required. No, I agree with that, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, position and pool, Phil? Position and pool? So, I think, without wanting to disrespect all our Italian listeners too much, <laughs> I feel like Italy are quite a class below both New Zealand and the Springboks. Oh, so God. it's going to be there go. there between those two. And obviously Namibia uh, will finish above Canada, but only just. But I, I, I think that South Africa will end up losing to New Zealand by the slimmest of margins and then beating Ireland in the quarterfinal. Okay. Ooh, ooh. So, many, so many Irish rugby memes coming to true. Yeah, yeah we just had to. We just, they didn't hear that. We had to double down. Said Sean <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now's our chance to just double down and just say everything we <laughs> always wanted to about the Irish. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I, I would back the Springboks to beat the um, Ireland in a quarterfinal, and oh, I, I, was... I, th- I think I think Ireland shot the load a bit prematurely, to be honest. And they do have quite an easy group, seeing that the next best team in their group is Scotland. I think they should still top theirs. So a South Africa Ireland quarterfinal looks quite likely, and therefore South Africa into the semis. Do you do you, do you, do you wanna do you wanna spot big idea? <laughs> okay. That um, the world uh, the the pools in the World Cup are based on um, are based on world rankings, obviously currently. But yeah. instead of basing them on world rankings that whenever the draw happens, you base them on world rankings on the day the World Cup starts. So you don't know what your pool's gonna be until oh, like God. all the like the tried uh, the rugby championship is, and shit is over. Yeah, but then because how like, are you gonna know who's gonna qualify? Because half of the the bottom two teams in every... no 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 no. So 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 you say now obviously like I think Namibia is the lowest. Uh, Namibia is ranked twenty third in the world. So obviously there are teams that. 
See, so whoever's you ranked have, 17th the and 18th. Like you don't, you don't so, qualify so then, based so, on rankings. I guess, so like, then, logistically, but, teams need to know where to stay and where they're playing and those sort of fixtures. Um, bullshit, Oxmas. Like, like, no, but people scramble for, like, <laughs> finals and stuff. Like, it's bullshit. Sorry, sorry just, just for the... Sorry, do you want to finish? And then I'll give the Springboks, uh, like, stats. Uh, so you're... Just, you're Finishing off, Your I just want to say, I'm, is yeah, I'm feeling, pre- really feeling pretty confident about um, how the Springboks are going to fare in Japan. My overall prediction is not just a semi-final, but a final against New Zealand, repeat of the very first match. And my final bombshell is that we are going to see um, the third Springbok victory this Ooh, year. That's a huge call. And oh. I, I love uh, it. Philip. I'm not gonna call we're you we're a whistle. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna order you a shot. Yeah, because yeah, so, that's so, a, so, that's the kind of drunk call that you don't. You're like, yeah, this guy knows how to party. Yeah, I want to hear more <laughs> what this guy's got to say. So, so it's so, quite so the, 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 the most important fixture then is what the final versus New Zealand. Yeah, not this first game against New Zealand, but the second one. <laughs> yeah. The final is it's perfect. It's like revenge for the first match. It's been building the whole tournament, mm. like building up to it, and then it's going to happen. Dude, dude, you know what will be great as well? If they beat us by like two points in the first match, and then we beat them by two points in the final, so our last five matches net to a draw. <laughs> I, I love it's, it. It's like it's a repeat of... Something about Thanos, but I'm not going to say it. Okay, so, 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 so what, what, what is the key fixture for the Springboks this year, the most important fixture? This year, like in the World Cup now. In the World Cup. Actually, this whole year for what's the most important picture. <laughs> Have they played I mean, already? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, uh, without looking ahead, though, no, I mean, more realistically, I, I think that the the, the pending quarterfinal, uh, most likely against Ireland, is really the defining one. I think beating Ireland in a quarterfinal after coming second in a group will be will make it a semi-successful World Cup, no matter what happens in the semi-finals. So I think that that is like the most important game without streaming ahead to bigger things okay cool uh, i'm just the the springbok uh, world cup stat they're currently ranked fourth in the world that draw with new zealand put them above england in terms of world cups they played 36 130 and lost six so that is the second best world cup record out of any team and they were the champions in 95 and 07 Woo. cool Third yeah, times the cup. Yeah, it's a 12-year cycle, yeah. isn't it? It's a 12-year cycle. Yeah, every every 12 years, the Springboks win the World Cup. So, it's yeah. odd. I, I think I read something like the Lions have also won the Curry Cup in those years or something. Anyway, oh. I could be wrong. So, so, have teams actually been throwing games against the Lions? Just so that the Lions... <laughs> that, that's why they've come back from behind in every game, you know? It's like, oh, guys, we need to lose. What are we doing? Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Point the play. Whoops. <laughs> I dropped the ball. <laughs> uh, okay, Matt, do you want to walk us through Japan? Okay, so Japan. So historically a better team at, at playing against the Springboks than the Springboks are. You know, they've got that 100% winning win rate against the Springboks in the World Cup. Um, yeah, I don't know where they're ranked now. Ben, where they're ranked? Oh, sorry, I'll give it to you. They're ranked 11th currently. 11th. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know if they actually moved from beating Fiji. They might have. 
They might. Oh, I don't know. No, it hasn't updated. It'll only update on Monday. Yeah, okay. On like Thursday this week. No, it won't because South Africa updated, eh? But they're pretty close behind Argentina, huh? Okay, well, anyway, they're they, they close to Argentina um, 11th at the moment. They've played 28-1-4, drawn two, lost 22 in the World Cup, and they've they've never made it out their pool. Yeah, so solid stats, solid stats. I think they inspire confidence in most people. And I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to have people ordering me drinks, but I'm also going to get myself sent out the country because there's uh, I think I've mentioned there's a big boycott Japan thing going right now and I'm about to hype up their rugby team so (laughs) if the military police are listening just let me finish this segment before you take me out (laughs) Um, yeah so let's start with their strengths Japan's okay well one hosting that does kind of count as a strength, like no, some good. some weird sort of soft strength, like sort of, you know, just like an indeterminate factor. Um, they've also had quite a rigorous preseason or extensive preseason, so to speak, where they've been together as a squad for pretty much the entirety of the year so far. I mean, most of them didn't play Super Rugby; they were rather at the Brave Blossoms camps, they've been playing games against the Super Rugby B-sides with some bad results, some good results. They've won all their games so far in the Pacific Nations Cup. So they beat uh, Fiji and they beat Tonga. They're playing the U.S. next weekend. Their squad for the U.S. looks like it's going to be their starting squad. And for the World Cup as well. And then what they saying so their strengths they from what I've seen from because I haven't watched any of the Pacific but I did do some reading so what the opposition have said about them they've been playing incredibly fast and incredibly tackling quite hard this is now Tonga and Fiji saying that Hmm. that the Japanese players are tackling quite hard to the point where there was a moment in the game last weekend where Leach was pleading with the ref to hurry up and make a decision and not wait for the TMO because their game plan relied on Fiji not being able to take a breath and the breather the, the breather that the TMO would give them. Oh wow. That's yeah. Nice to see. So yeah there's yeah so there's yeah so that's their strengths, their weaknesses, well well fuck that's that winning stat line that Ben read out. They just are perpetual underdogs. And I'm not the most confident that they are going to go very far, but I'm going to make a big call and say that they are most probably going to be second in their pool and beat Scotland. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not giving it. I just want to go on record and say that I agree with Matt fully. Okay. Scotland okay. suck. They're going to finish there. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, I, I, you guys are about to find out that I agree too. Yeah. I think it's not. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scotland are good. Ben, you mean Ben can go to Exile Island or whatever it's called? <laughs> I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> Same thing. So, yeah, so... Oh fuck! Japan I didn't say. Odd... I didn't Japan say. Japan odd... Scotland. There's key forwards and key backs. Um, key forwards. So, 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 just this way, just uh, what's their weakness is? Their weakness is their perpetual just 
they are poor side. They are like a perpetual society. Not, not, not very good. Bad. Bad. This is that they're weak. <laughs> yeah, they're a weak. They're, like, they're known as being a weak side. They traditionally are a weak side. Like, so they're not. They're not a power and rugby powers and that. So they are going to be sort of. So that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a bit of a upset if they manage to crack one past Scotland. It's <laughs> gonna okay. be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> but I mean, it's the same. I mean, we saw it two years ago, right? Like, it's this is not the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And yeah, I called it four years ago. So hey, yeah, but yeah, I'm publicly now. I'm publicly calling it. Scotland isn't as stupid as South Africa. Like, they all have a proper plan. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they also don't have. They don't have Josh Strauss. But yeah, um. So, um... Wait, wait, yeah. So keep forward. It's a Japan team than we faced four years ago, I think, as well. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like that's the thing. Their strength is that they're so well prepared. Like, but are are we are we we back on that bus? Because like, they weren't we saying during Super Rugby that we thought they they weren't that. They basically thumped me on the pilot because they just have had to go home over the weekend. Sorry, guys. My internet's doing fucked up kinds of things. Sorry. What are you saying? I don't know. Sorry, sorry I also mind. disconnected. I'm uh, back. I don't know if it's just my internet, but yeah, something's fucked up. But I was saying, like, so during Super Rugby, we were kind of talking about how they'd shot themselves in the foot by withholding all the players from Super Rugby, from the, the Sunwolves. So, like, are they that well prepared? Like, obviously, they've had the whole year as the squad together. But, but yeah, so like, I, don't know, that's been, like, so... I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. They put 40 points past Fiji without their coach. So Jamie Joseph had to go home over the weekend because his mother passed away. So he was shot back to New Zealand. And yeah, so they basically were relying on their assistant coach, um, what's his face, Brown, to be their head. Tony Brown, yeah. That one. To To be their coach for the weekend. Who had won, won, yeah, and they won the Pacific Nations Cup for the last four years straight, Fiji. Mm-hmm. And they're a good team. Fiji. Are, good you know team. what? They should send the junior All Blacks back in there to teach them a lesson. Yeah. So um, let me get to key forwards. Um, I'm going to say Michael Leach, Lapis, and Murphy. So between those three, I don't. I think it's fairly interchangeable who's going to be playing. I see. Interestingly, Murphy's not playing this weekend for the U, or he's not in the squad in the team to play against the US. So what, what role Leech and do you Lappies. see them using Kazuki Himeno in if Murphy's going to be at eight? Well, they've got him as they've got him they've got him as the eight at the moment. They've got Himeno as the eight at the moment. So I'm assuming. You know how bad. Do we know how bad Lapis's injury was? Because we know well, he he's, injured him. He's, he's in the squad. He's playing. He's in the squad for the game against the US. Oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, cool. so. I don't know. It just seems like. So I, I'm assuming. You, that I would, think if I'm I was them, do you think Murphy's banned from traveling? No. Because Murphy has played a game already in the Pacific Nations Cup. Yeah, but like Fiji aren't going to extradite him or whatever. The US maybe has extradition with New Zealand. Yeah. But but like. So I'm I'm still stuck on the the composition of the team. So for me, like it it's it makes sense to go Leech six, Lapis seven, um, Mafi eight, and then you play yeah. him him and a flank. Sure. I mean I mean as as a lock because at the moment they've got Vimpy Van der Volt playing lock, right? 
They've got Vimpy, Yellow, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like that's not a good allocation of players' resources. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, so... Uh, and then their key backs are... Well, fuck. I mean, they're Tamura and Matsuda, who we haven't seen at all. Are they fly-offs? But their wings... I, I think they've got potent wings that can get... have shown in the past that they can get over the line. They don't have Masariwa, but they've got Lameki. I really like... Lameki, Fukuoka, really like and Matsushima. Fukuoka, yeah. Yeah, Fukuoka, Fukuoka is just, like, so fast. Yeah. So is, he quite, got, is he quite old now? Is he, like, 36? Jeez, I hope not. <laughs> uh, Fukuoka, born 92. Uh, no. So I've got the yeah, team. I'm not 36. So. <laughs> no, 26. 26 is the new. I thought, we, we, Phil, we both agreed that Wing should retire at 25, though. So he's he's yeah. a Wing 36. No, uh, he's, uh, his birthday's in September. So. <laughs> oh, he's oh, good. He's, he, yeah, he's, he'll be good for the first game, at least. Yeah. <laughs> until he ages. <laughs> Yeah, so I think yeah, they if as long as their forwards can carry, from what I understand, their forwards basically just monstered the Pacific Island teams, and then the ball just got shifted out wide. So that's why I think their key players are going to be those big ball carriers and the workhorses like Leach and Lapis, ball carrier like Murphy, and then the most important then are try scorers like Fukuoka and Lemeki and who else and Matsushima, the three wings. I'll just say wings as their key play, key backs wings. Okay. Cool. And then I've said where they're gonna come, and so yeah, their most important game. One of them is gonna be there's gonna be two. Japan versus Russia is the opening game, just because there's a lot on riding on it in the opening game. So it's not necessarily it's is a bit of a must win for them just sort of holistically. And then yeah, I think the game against Scotland's gonna be the important one. Mm. Also, I think, yeah, that first game against uh, Russia, it's just going to set the scene. If they can get a nice, convincing victory, everyone in the country is going to feel like upbeat and they'll take yeah. that forward. Yeah, so that's one like, Yeah, that one's like a cultural, like, yes, win. And then the most important one, position on the log wise, is going to be the win against Scotland. When, 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 they, when they're playing Scotland, like when does it fit into their fixtures? I'm having a look now. The one thing I do know is that they have like an eight-game, an eight-day break between the games before the Scotland game, and Scotland only have like a four, four-day break, so they have more time to rest. So, Scot- so the, Scotland, yeah, like, their like, last pool game. It's their last pool game, 13th of October. It's Japan versus Scotland. Oh, so 13th of, and then they play Samoa on the fifth. October. Yeah, and Scotland play Russia on the 9th of October. So, so yeah, Scotland aren't necessarily having the hardest game. So, so, so it's, a, it's, it's a bit cheeky, really. So Japan basically played the first game in the pools and the last game in the pools. So they yeah, give themselves the, the they maximum resting do they, time. They don't assign the, the, the games, surely. Ooh, surely I think I as hosts, you yeah. get some sort of advantage. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if they don't. see sorry right. I think my lag is playing up again uh, are you guys ready for me to kick on with the Scotland one are yeah, you ready just... uh, I'm not but I, I think let's just do it so that I can take my fucking dog for a walk 
<laughs> Sorry, Alex. Priority, Sorry, Alex. Priority. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So I'm gonna kick into the squad. Uh, they named a pretty big squad in May earlier this year, and it doesn't seem like there's been too much change. I think like pretty much everyone who was listed there, uh, except for a couple of injuries, seems to still be in the running. Um, the starting lineup, according to Rugby Pass, their most likely starting 15 would be uh, Alan Dull, Stuart McAnally, uh, Vipia Null, Ben Toulis, Johnny Gray. John Barkley, Hamish Watson, Magnus Bradbury, those are the forwards. Then Ali Price, 9. Finn Russell, 10. Sean Maitland, 11. Sam Johnson, 12. Hugh Jones, 13. Darcy Graham, 14. Stuart Hogg, 15. So, to my eye, it's a pretty settled starting 15. Um, I think... Well, not, not, not Laidlaw at 9? Yeah, Isn't so, so Laidlaw, Laidlaw not playing 9, I would say, is the biggest question mark there. Um, but apparently Ali Price has just been that good and he has had a pretty good last couple of years as far as I, I can know. see so I, I don't know it could go either way like Laidlaw despite what we've like, said it does sound like a strong team yeah. it is a strong team like this this is the thing like I yeah I mean I, I'm still on the fence about them but like Finn Russell has been I think quite a revelation for them when he's played and very good at provincial level yeah and um, so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sort of segueing into my well, yeah he plays in forward and back. Sorry, Phil, what were you going to say? He, he plays in front, right? Yes, he does. He plays... Uh, I don't want to sound stupid now. Let me quickly Google it. Uh, yeah, Russing, Russing 92. That, I was going to say mm-hmm. Russing. Uh, so he plays for Russing 92. Um, and yeah, he's he's also patented the now Squid Rugby famous uh, Finsanity style of rugby where he just basically goes mental on the pitch and just makes crazy things look super super easy um and i think he's fantastic he's just like amazing to watch uh really really talented so um that said i don't think he's their key back i think their key back is actually Stuart hogg because oh. i think Stuart hogg is like is just that good like he's Not just uh, no. He, so I think it's like the same kind of reasoning that Phil had for Malcolm Marks being the key forward for the Springboks. So I just think Stuart Hogg is, he's regularly considered in the in the conversation for best fullback in the world. And I think on his day, he can single-handedly break oh, apart yeah. a, a, like a defensive back line. So, um, yeah, I think even if like Fryn Russell going down means that they've probably got to play like Adam Hastings at 10, and he hasn't had a lot of game time there at national level, I don't think. Um, I stand to be correct. Yeah, he's young, I think. Yeah, so, whereas Hogg, like, if Hogg goes down, they, yeah, I just think that they suddenly become like a tier 2 team, basically. Um, it just, he makes so much difference in their back line. Uh, key forward is a tough one. I think it's... It's tough. I think John Johnny Gray has been like their defensive juggernaut a little bit, um, but I don't know. I'm torn between him and Hamish Watson. I think Hamish Watson plays such a good disruptive role. He was quite effective against the Springboks the last time they played as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, but they do have a lot of depth in the in the loose forwards, so we'll see. Uh, it's a tough one to call with the key forward. Uh, their biggest strength, I would say, is their backline. I think that they've got some real playmakers in between guys like... So the, what I was talking about, the, the Finn Russell, Hugh Jones, Stuart Hogg kind of backbone of their backline is honestly up there with one of the best in the world. Um, it's really, really impressive, I think. 
and then you got to finish it like Sean Maitland on the left wing. There's a lot of try scoring potential. Their biggest weakness, I think, is their lack of depth. Um, they've got good depth and keep in some in some positions, such as uh, we, we we mentioned Brian, uh, by, sorry, Greg Laidlaw at scrum half, and guys like Tommy Seymour, who are currently not probably in the starting 15. But I think if they lose their key playmakers in Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg, then I think they, they fall apart. So that, yeah. I think, is their biggest weakness. Um, I mean, because big... they only have two provincial teams, right? So they really don't... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they struggle to develop depth in, in Scotland, I think. Um, and it's been their problem for a long time. That said, I mean, they are sitting in seventh on, on the world rankings, which is pretty good. They're above France, Fiji. They're above Argentina. Uh, I know we often talk about how the system's a bit rigged because Argentina has to play New Zealand and Australia and South Africa twice a year. And, you know, Scotland, Scotland gets to play France twice a year and Italy twice a year. So, yeah, it doesn't don't read too much into it, but it is still a very good position for Scotland to be in. And if Australia lose their both of their players... Weren't, games, they, weren't, they, at, weren't they almost at fifth at one point? Yeah, I think they, they've been up there. So, And I think they, they'll be there again because we're expecting Australia to lose both played games. And then they're only like 1.8 points ahead of Scotland. So I think that'll see them drop down. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of the rankings. I'm sure Ant could tell us. But um, I think we'll probably see Scotland heading into the World Cup in sixth, uh, which is quite impressive. Um, and yeah, so then... That, ans- that leads us to the question of how well will they do at the Rugby World Cup? What is their expected finish? And who should we expect to be their biggest challenger in their pool? Uh, yeah, so we've kind of tread over this ground already because of the other teams we've been previewing. But the question for them is really, can they beat Japan? Ireland's expected to top the pool. And they've got... Uh, who else have they got? Uh... Russia and Samoa, so I'd, I'd be surprised if they were somehow able to lose to Samoa or Russia. But so let's just assume for the fact, for the sake of argument, that number one is Ireland and number two is between Scotland and Japan, and it all comes down to that Jap- uh, Japanese game. It's yeah, I mean, you, it it feels a bit weird to say that the team that's likely to be in sixth on the on the World Cup rankings is expected to lose to the team that's going to be in eleventh. But then again, as Ben just pointed out, Japan put 40, team, 40 points on the team that's in ninth, two places above them, which is Fiji. So I don't think it's a huge, <coughs> it's a huge uh, shock to say that there's a, a good chance that Japan, playing at home after you know, a year of preparation, essentially, with the, the new coach, um, would be favourites to, <coughs> to beat Scotland, who are just as capable as anyone else of, of having an off day. Um, so yeah, I'm going to back the, the pod basically and say we're going to see a, a shock, we're going to see an upset and uh, they're going to lose to Japan, they're not going to make the playoffs and it's going to be a, a bit of a failed World Cup for them. I think. So you, th- you don't think there's any chance that they could beat Ireland? Yeah, there's a chance but it's, I mean if, if I'm banking on them beating Japan then obviously it stands to reason I'm expecting them to lose to Ireland like it's possible that they win both of those games, in fact. And, like, that's the thing, is that for them, they've got this real, this, like, massive swing. So they could end up topping their pool or they could end up not making the playoffs at all. 
Um, yeah, I'm just putting my money on the, because, on the latter. Because, but so, so, so you guys, because you would never say Japan's never going to beat Ireland. I don't think so, no. Are we saying you would, we would never say that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think we'd, like I think we'd say that. There's, but, there's not a lot that we would say. Scotland, <laughs> yeah, no, we, 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 we don't say anything, but um, uh, you heard yeah. it. T- t- title of the pod: Japan to beat pool by beating Ireland. Japan win pool by crushing Ireland. <laughs> oh god! So I, I think Japan can beat Scotland, but I would say yeah, the, I can't see them being Ireland. To be fair, but I can see Scotland beating Ireland, so it could all get very interesting. <laughs> oh, then it's yeah, that'd like, be interesting if everyone, if they were all on whatever three wins. So. It's a very Let's interesting. Not get yeah, some but, it's almost as interesting this, as, pool, as pool C. I mean, Pool C's got England, France, Argentina, USA, and Tonga. So, England, France, Argentina, USA, like, I feel like any one of those teams could lose to any of the others if they just have a fuck-up of a day. I feel like you're, you're being generous on the Americans, I think. I, I mean, maybe, but like... Uh, I feel, seen, no, no, full, full, full. We, we're trying to break into the American market. This is what rugby's yeah. about. Yeah, the we're, USA we're will probably make, win the World Cup if only yeah, more people to listen to, to the pod EA, to get tactics. Yeah, eh? rugby 20. Give America four years and they'll win the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> four more years! Four more years! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, also, like, the thing is, we can't forget that Tonga's, you know, quite famous for getting the odd upset in, in Rugby World Cup years, so anything can happen in that pool for sure. This one, I think, is not quite as up in the air, but yeah, I could definitely see it going a number of different ways, which is very cool. Yeah. No, it's good. Like, like you, 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 want, you want upsets in the World Cup. Yeah, cool. You guys can cool. So that's, that's that. Now. Yeah, um, just um, Scotland's World Cup record, in case you're wondering. Uh, they've played 36, they've won 22, and they've lost 15, which is, to be honest, better than I thought. Um, and they made the semi-finals in 1991. Okay. That, must that was their peak. They peaked early. Yeah, they... Uh, they must probably... Would, uh, they would have made the last semi-finals had... Had the ref not cheated them or whatever, let's let's try and win some Scottish fans back. <laughs> well, no, we don't. We know no one from Scotland. When we when we asked in the group for someone from Scotland, no one spoke up. So obviously, you know, we can say whatever we want about Scotland. They're not listening. No, it's fine because we can also then. There was also a slight yeah. anti-Australian dig. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just want to. Yeah, I, I think Stephen Hogg or Stuart Hogg is overrated. So well, you don't even know what your <laughs> name is, Paul. So. <laughs> He's so overrated, I wouldn't even bother learning his full name. <laughs> I, I learned this trick from Alex. He always spells peop- uh, players' names he doesn't like wrong on his ratings. <laughs> Have you, you, know, you know that episode of Mad Men where it's like, the guy was like, uh, he was just like insulting the guy. He's like, I don't even think about you. And he just walks out. He's like a fucking badass. That's what it's about. <laughs> Not Is that all... Um, do you guys remember the Street Fighter movie? Yes. No, it sounds... And then Chun leaves that whole like, yeah, she went, she's going after Bison because he came in and wiped out her family and destroyed everything and da, 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 da. And she gives this whole like, monologue and he looks her dead in the eyes. He's like, you know, on that day... You, you encountered Bison. Your whole life changed. It was everything. To Bison, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> 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 
so, so, so Stuart Hogg is just a Tuesday to fill. We'll yeah. see players come and go. Who, who are you, yeah. Stephen Hogg? Well, that's Stuart, it's Stuart Hogg, goddammit. Hogg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Sam Hogg. Yeah. Sure, he is winning the X of the Chiefs, though, so maybe he'll get better. Uh, well, he can play with Alex's best mate, Don Armand. Yeah. Phil, Phil used to live with Don, so he's probably better friends than I am. Yeah, but kind of you talk about Don more, so... Um, on the and that one time you that that one time you convinced the whole group to vote him player of the month and everyone was like who the fuck's this dude <laughs> my boy Don if you're listening uh, my boy uh, yeah um, anyway anyway guys I see we we're flirting with two hours already so do you want to uh, pull the novelty 15 maybe keep it in the bag for another day or maybe just release it on Twitter or something um, it's up to you I can I can otherwise just read it out I mean we don't have to really debate it that much. Yeah, just just read it out. We we won't we won't talk about it. All right. Um, I'm just going to rush through it. I'll give you the height and weight for the players as well. Uh, number one, Josua Tuisova, the Fijian wing. Um, I've got him as a loose head prop. He's 181 in height, but he actually weighs 110 kgs. So I reckon he's a pretty stable guy to have in the front row. Uh, Tanya Lamoa is a bit of a shock pick at hooker. He's a scrum half. Uh, used to play for. Ooh, used to play for the Blues, I think. Uh, one of the one of the New Zealand franchises. Uh, he's 1.8 scrum half, and he weighs 102 kgs. So I reckon he's like a good little pocket rocket to have in, in, the, in the front row. Um, and he's a scrum half, so you'll know he'll be good at throwing at the lineouts. Number three... Um, yeah, and he'll be, good at, he'll be good at that wraparound move they do at the lineouts. So that'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Good call, Alex. Thank you. Um, number three is a bit of a cheat, because these are all supposed to be Southern Hemisphere players. But because he was the inspiration for the entire thing, we put Matthew Busterode at tight head, which I think is his, it's inevitable. It's his final form. Uh, this yeah. is his preseason for Leon was just a step in the right direction. So Matthew no, Busterode yeah, at sort of... tight head. He's 185 uh, meters tall and he weighs 120 kgs, which is fucking disgusting. Um, Matthew, you want to say something? No, no, no. I'm just gonna, I was doing the math, but my math is out slightly. I was going to say, you're just dropping by increments of five, but it's dropped by four, then by five. I think we're going to see him skip the, the second row altogether, so I think we'll be up there. No, 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 I, I, thought you, I, I, th- I thought you were doing the math to get his BMI or something, Matt. And you just oh, Jesus, like, no, yes. BMI he's, is... He's, 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 clinic, he's clinically obese. Yeah, you need, you need a scientific calculator if you're going to try to do his BMI. Like, I know my BMI says like, I'm on the cusp of morbidly obese, which, yeah. <laughs> So I don't um, even want well, then, 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 then Buster should be on a on a drip or something. Like <laughs> Buster's BMI is dead. He's well past the point <laughs> where a drip can make any difference. Better, <laughs> uh, yeah. what, what he needs is a fucking oil change. But anyway, um, okay. Then the locks I've got different. down: um, Takili Nayarovaro as the number four lock. He's 1.95 meters tall and he weighs 132. Which is pretty much like that's, what the that's, fuck? That's close to like so Larue Roots. That's like that's like Larue Roots. Yeah, like, that is, yeah, like, that is a big guy. The world. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Do you think they signed Larue Roots thinking that he was going to replace Naira Vara on the left wing and then realized that he was fucking slow? They're like, oh, well, they might have got. They might as well. Hey, Larue Roots has some juice. I reckon. I reckon Naira is only slightly quicker than him. Mm, He's definitely maybe. got better hands. Probably. Anyway, then number five uh, is a bit of a lanky one. I've got Jordy Barrett. He's 196, so he's the tallest the tallest player on the whole field, actually. He's the tallest player on the pitch, even with the forwards in the back line. 
but he only weighs 195. I've got, I've got him at 196, but he, he only weighs 96 kgs as well, so he's he's not even tipping 100. So he's like a very sort of beanpole. He's like a bit of a... Do you guys remember Ross... What was his name? Ross Skeet. He used to play for yeah. like Province. Yeah, he's a fucking Sharks. stringy guy. Oh, he played for... I think he played for Province and then he played for the Sharks. He, I think he was at Weepy yeah. for a while. Who, who, was, who was the guy and... Fuck, he, he played forever and then he had an affair and... No, Andrews Becker. Talking about Andrews Becker. Yeah, Andrews Becker, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he like he met up with his mistress in a like a, a public park, and thought it would be inconspicuous. Yeah. But he he's like two point five meters. Tall. Wasn't it like on a swing? Yeah, it was on a swing or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but like you're gonna maybe attract like you're gonna attract attention because like even if even those girlfriends normal size, it it looks like you're a pedophile. Yeah. So. But also, like, Andres Becker only notice. played forever because he was constantly injured. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, so... he, actually, he actually only had like a six-year career, but yeah. Yeah, no, he played. He pl- yeah, he was a six-year career, but he only had like four caps. Hmm. All right, let's bounce on, guys. Um, yeah. Number six, open side, we've got Semi Radrada, the Fijian center. I think he's going to be a demon of a flanker. He's 1.9 meters tall, and he weighs 100 kgs on the dot. Uh, so he's he's light enough to be mobile. Um, nice. Number seven, uh, I back this. I moved him from the second row to the blind side because I think he'll be more effective there. Namani Nadolo, 1.94 meters tall, 130 kgs. Wow. He's, 100, he's 130 kgs, guys, and he can kick. Um, yeah, the man is a god. Then number eight, um, a specimen, huh? He is a specimen. Oh. Uh, 1. <laughs> 1.88 meters tall, 102 kilograms. Rico Ioni, I've got him down at eighth man. Um, Eight man, no. Yeah, I, I think he can do a bit of a job there. If only he had a brother. Probably hit more rocks. Yeah, you probably hit more rocks than his brother. Yeah. Uh, okay. Although he doesn't, he's pretty lazy as a wing. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. he'll. He'll be I, I hope. I hope you. I hope you. I hope you've reciprocated and put uh, Akira as the number eleven wing now. Uh, you're gonna have to wait and see. <laughs> you're gonna have to wait and see, baby. Um, so. Number nine, let's move on, is Quacker Smith. I think that's a pretty uncontroversial pick there. Quacker. Yeah. Nice. I think it's just, I think everyone's been calling for for like the last three years. Yeah. Yeah, everyone everyone's like we need we've got a scrum half problem and we think it should be either Cheslin Colby or Quacker Smith. Um anyway, so this is an opportunity to see that in action. Quacker Smith, uh one eighty two meters tall, uh ninety three kilograms. If anyone's wondering why I didn't pick Chesson Colby at 8, it's because he has played 8 in real life, so that would be cheating. Um, then, number 10... Uh, I, I yeah, just want to say, I, saw, I just saw an article now where Naira Vora played 8 as well. Oh, really? So he's disqualified yeah. <laughs> as well. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, it's too late. I don't, I don't really give a fuck. Uh, yeah, um, no, I'm just saying. Sorry. Number 10... <laughs> I just realized now that you've got is that. Is Sergio Parise. Uh... I'll give you guys a second to react to that. Um, yes, he's old. <gasps> I was going to shift him to 12. He's from the Northern Hemisphere. Why is he a good uh, old player? Yeah, that's yeah, a good I'll... point. I don't know. I just wanted yeah, him. I feel, like he's, I feel like he'd be like the Andrea Pirlo of backline players. Like He just stand, he stands still in one place and then just creates magic all around him. Um, okay. I, I would say I would say if Parise is disqualified for being from the Northern Hemisphere, mm-hmm. we could have stopped. No, we could have we we could have Skulk Brits. Um. Oh, yeah, that's that's actually great. Yeah, I'm I'm done with Skulk Brits. Yeah, that's actually really good. Uh, all right. Well, let, let, me, let me let me run through the the rest of the backline and and you guys can see what you think. 
Uh, number 11 is not Riko Ioni. Uh, sorry, Akira. It's not Akira Ioni. It is... It is... Um, <laughs> it is Adi Sevier. Another famous brother of a famous uh, left winger. So Adi's at left wing. I think he's got a little bit more gas than Akira. And I think he's just more likely to, to deliver in that channel. So he tips the Does scales. he have more gas than Julian? I think he does, yeah. I think I mean, he does. Late, yeah, late, I think... I think France well, Julian's late. past 25, so yeah, we know. <laughs> so Adi's, he's Adi's been put out like pasture in France. That's what's yeah. meant to happen, see. Adi's still yeah, got a few turned. months on him before he has to retire. So he's 1.88 meters tall and apparently 95 kgs. I think, <coughs> I think he's over 100, but anyway. Yeah, that's bullshit. Adi's definitely over 100. Yeah, anyway. Well, then, the, uh, that's inside a pulled center, as weight. Inside center, uh, Michael Hooper. 1.82 meters tall, 101 kgs. I think he's the right kind of guy for that channel. Got a good mix of athleticism, pace, and a bit of ball skills. So I think we can see some nice stuff out of him. And he's partnered in the midfield by Sia Kulisi. Uh, 188 tall, 105 kgs, and I think Sia would actually be a fantastic <coughs> midfield. Um, yeah, sure. Then yeah, Akira nice. does feature. Akira only on the right wing. 194, oh, 130 kgs. With right wing, you don't have to be that quick. Like You obviously need, like there's a critical amount of gas you need, and I think he's probably fast enough. But I think he's going to be really good under the high ball, and... Um, yeah, I just back him generally. I think he'll, he'll get good go forward. So, and he's got he's got semi decent ball skills. So, yeah, I back him. Uh, then number fifteen is Facunda Issa, one point eight eight meters tall, one hundred eleven kgs. But he is a pretty dynamic player. I think he'd actually be really potent as a backline player. He, yeah. So I, that's one of my favorite picks from the backline. Uh, anyone no, you guys think is is glaringly uh, absent? I've just sent you in the group a uh, rugby passes article of eight backs that should be forwards. Okay. Following Bastara. But yeah, I think you co- Okay, they all Northern Hemisphere dudes. So. Oh, but well, two of them. Two, uh, out, of the, out of the eight, six of them we covered. Uh, we covered two out, of, two out of eight anyway. Oh, okay. Naivora and Nadolo. And uh, two oh, nice. And two Zola, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just got three. Um, this is. Uh, I reckon we, we we post this somewhere and we challenge someone from the Northern Hemisphere to make a, a competing sign. Obviously, we'll have to move Buster out. We'll find someone else. Mm. It's no, tough, finding, both... tough finding props. Uh, no, no, but someone like... I reckon someone like uh, Lamapi could play prop. So I, I actually had Lamapi like down. Like, I had like, Lamapi down as a flanker. Like, actually, Lamapi would be a great hooker, I think, yeah. Yeah, um... No, but I think I think has a bit of like a like a Kalusadi kind of you know like just a little a little like ball of meat. Yeah, so you're not you're not the best scrummager, but you are going to be the one of the best working work rate props on the. He, the, the problem with Lamapi is apparently only 97 kgs. I don't believe that either. I think he's over 100. No, man, bullshit. <laughs> <That's> bullshit. <laughs> Where are you getting these? Now? Alex, are these like their schoolboy weights or something? It's from. Oh, what are the <laughs> do you want to know something else? What? No. Uh, I'll find you something interesting. Um, <laughs> so you don't know it. He toured. Well, if, if you're, he toured, if you're no, Wikipedia, no, are you? He toured Thailand with Palmerston North Boys High School. Okay. And that's when he weighed 95 kilos. So this is credible. This is credible <laughs> information. Um, oh, actually, wait. This, this is weird. On, the, on his actual Wikipedia page, it says 103 kgs. How did he go up by 7 wow. kgs? Where's the great over time, yeah. Hmm. So Google's actually lying to me, not Wikipedia. Sorry, sorry, Julian Assange. I didn't mean to. Um... 
didn't mean to drag your good reputation through the mud there. Sorry. That's the worst no, thing anyone's ever, just, ever it's accused it's Julian Assange of doing. Uh, I was just Wiki, <laughs> WikiLeaks, not Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah he's not no, Wikipedia. Wait, 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 <laughs> no, I don't think they're affiliated. Really? No, but a, a wiki wiki is like a it's like a concept. It's like um, no, no, a wiki I, I just means it's kind of like a user edited sort of thing. No, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think they were affiliated because of the name. I just I just genuinely thought that they were affiliated. Oh, right. Anyway, okay. okay. Well, well turns out turns out I'm the goose. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's my team. Right, you're forgiven. Um, you're forgiven because you made such a you made such a good novelty fifteen. We forgive you, Alex. Thank you, Ben. I don't know. I feel like one should just stick to one's strengths. So I'm gonna stick to novelty fifteens and and stay away from the the trivia. Scathing, scathing political trivia. <laughs> Not the Scots. Yeah. Not the Scots. Okay, cool guys. We we are we are running severely over time, but let's just. <laughs> Quickly, 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 pump out Super Brew, okay? So should we start with Rugby Championship? Yes, good. Okay, um, Australia versus Australia versus New Zealand, Lady One. New Zealand by 30. Well, New Zealand, yeah. It's in Australia. Okay, so yeah, New Zealand by 40. Yeah. 40. Yeah, I'm going to balance it out with a New Zealand by 10. Yeah, okay, so, so we can compromise and say 50. New Zealand by 30. Yeah, I think I said... Let's say, what did you say, Matt? I'm having a look now. I said New Zealand by 21. <laughs> I, like, so I like around... Should we, say, should we say 25? Wow. Okay. Sure. Well, that's that's kind of average. Okay, no, 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 actually it's not. Okay, so let's... Okay, let's say New Zealand by 18 then, okay? Okay. I don't. I don't have the super brew open, so Adam's gonna have to listen so, and do it. I opened it. No, no, we not. We don't. Guys, have we said we could do this quickly. Bullshit. Yeah, sorry. Argentina, South Africa in Salta. SA uh, by seven. South Africa by three. Okay. SA by three. Yeah, I reckon SA by like five. I don't think. I think it's gonna be. I think we'll win, but I think it'll be close. Yeah, I'd say SA by six. Cool. Make things fun. Cool, cool. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, Curry Cup, we have um, Western Province versus Pumas. Province by 10. Oof, in, uh, in Cape Town. I would almost want to give it to Province by like a bit. But, yeah. Province by 10. I don't know if it's worth going to watch that one. I'm keen if you are. Yeah, uh, yo, it's, I, don't know, I don't know if my time's right, but it looks like it's going to be a... My, my one says three o'clock on Friday, but maybe no, it's, it's adjusted pub, to it's, it's, time. It's a public holiday, yeah. It's probably as a three. Oh, okay. Oh, for so Let's definitely go, dude. I might have to work. I'll let you know. <laughs> Sorry. It's, a, it's a public holiday. What the fuck? <laughs> make plans on the spot. Uh, life is tough, women. man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, then, then we have... Um, oh, do you, do you want to hear something cool? Sorry about public holidays. Um... Mauritius, there's like an island game. So it's like Mauritius and Madagascar and Reunion and Seychelles. They like play against each other. Okay. And then Mauritius topped the medal table. So we just got a random public holiday. How great is that? Nice. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's also an election year. So I think the guy's trying to get re-elected. Yeah, that's Kier's government. Um, that's Kier's government. Yeah, um, uh, sh- sharks versus cheetahs, cheetahs in Durban. Cheetahs. Cheetahs by 12. Cheetahs by yeah, 5. Yeah. 7. Cheetahs. <laughs> yeah, we'll say 8. 
Okay, uh, and then Lions versus Bulls at Ellis Park. Oh, it sucks to be Adam, but Lions. Go Lions. Do you think Adam's going to go watch this one, or is it too far from Pretoria? Uh, for the drive all the way to Ellis Park's a bit you He'll battle, battle with... Because like, where Ellis Park is, they speak Afrikaans, but there's like that gap in between, which is very English-speaking, which might make him feel a bit uncomfortable. Because yeah. we all know Adam... Also, Lions by... Lions by... No, Lotto, Lions by... Five. Well, yeah. the Lions have won every game by like they they average winning by one. like what one point eight points or something. Lions by yeah. one in the in the seventy ninth minute. So what's okay, it? Lions by one. Lions come back, yeah, in the last last twenty minutes. Your Lions by one. Last kick of the game. Sean Reynolds, the Ice Man. <laughs> okay. uh, Is that it? Cool. Um, any 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 other business? Blame game. Blame Adam for being too hungover to do anything. And blame my shitty internet <laughs> no, for what I suspect is going to be a pretty low quality. Yeah, yeah. Actually, episode. actually, Tal, we 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 all blame we all blame Telcom. I presume you with? No, not with Telcom. Uh, I don't want to name and shame anyone on air, but yeah, I'll be having a word with them afterwards. Ooh. Okay. I'll be trying my dad voice. Like the so you got to. You use your use your twelve Twitter followers to crack. <laughs> I'm gonna mobilize my twelve Twitter followers. Okay, yeah, cool. Um so so just anyone who's still hanging on at whatever this is, two and a half hours. Um next week we're not gonna do World Cup previews because we obviously we got the, the rugby championship to talk about it, but the following week we'll continue with the World Cup previews with I don't know, but we might have a guest, guys, so Get excited! Hello. Yeah, full is is. Uh, should ever should anyone expect anything from our stats office? Uh, midweek, um, probably not this week, but maybe after the rugby championship also. Although perhaps a curry cup stats session, if you are lucky, we'll see. If you're lucky, guys. So yeah, so cross fingers about that. Um, if you're listening to us on a platform, we are on that platform. And on yeah. others as well, but I don't think you're going to be switching platforms. Like, so. Why would you randomly change? If you're unhappy with your platform, just it's message us and we'll tell you what other platforms we are. Yeah. I, actually, like, yeah. I actually switched my platform at one point. I was, listening to, us on, I was listening to us on iTunes. I'm now listening to us on Spotify. Okay, boys. Uh, <laughs> this, this race has run its course, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Alex needs to go. Okay, cheers, Alex. Bye, Matt. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thanks.